Welcome, everyone, to episode 120. That's 120 of the Anime Arcade Podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'm here with Carlos. Oh, what's up, everyone? <laughs> and Logan. Yo. I've got energy. You, you sure lots of energy. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about a lot of shows today. We reviewed the uh, season of this this season that we just reviewed and uh you know what it is that one <laughs> you mean winter 2020 jeff what's wrong with you oh, are you breaking no. are you malfunctioning <laughs> um yeah we reviewed winter 2020 uh talked about all these shows it was a good one uh, so yeah we this first half part one and i think we think we had some good shows to talk about today so uh, there was definitely some surprises some maybe not so much surprises and i uh, hope you guys enjoy hearing about them yeah thank you for listening yeah enjoy next like major investment i'm gonna make in my uh podcasting or you know computer setup here as a new chair because i find it's really hard to not make noise like even the slightest move makes like squeaking noises sometimes oh, you're gonna join the uh our our, our whole discord in in a new chair <laughs> i noticed that we everyone had new chairs um guys what did you think of that i love it I Do love it, it so much. New sound? New sound? New music. <laughs> it's our own. It, it is pretty fantastic. For a second there, I was like, you mean the, the sound your chair made? I mean, I guess yeah, I'd no, give it like a, a two out of five, but I mean, mm. I, <laughs> it, am, I, am I too generous? No, but yes, I mean, the, the intro song is pretty fantastic. <laughs> I, I was pretty, I, I tried really hard to get Native to add sounds of my chair squeaking into the <laughs> intro, but... <laughs> he just he would he i think his professional integrity just wouldn't wouldn't have it that's where the buck stops <laughs> <laughs> so yeah huge shout out to native for uh working with us to make a song for us to use as intro and outro and uh anywhere in between wherever i so choose to put yeah. that music yeah i'm excited that we finally kind of have our own tune uh you know, I, I remember mentioning it a while back, how I actually heard our song in like an infomercial. <laughs> and I mean, I've loved the song we've used all this time, but I've always known it's not our song. And this is just 
I don't know, man. It's like we made it. I feel yeah. like we, I feel like it's another step towards uh, being totally legit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping so, to, yeah, hoping to make some end card stuff with that too. So yeah, look for it. Uh, look for it more often on our content. Lots of plans. Yeah. Yep. It's like it's like the next. Uh, you know, like Ichon has obviously been our face, and now we'll have a sound as well so thank you native uh really really awesome job we've we've expressed that feeling to you excuse me um <laughs> but uh yeah no i'm really excited about it so anyway yeah we're here what have you guys been up to <laughs> watching anime which is why we're here <laughs> as logan would say you know I don't know if you guys have this, but it's not very often that I sit down and I really binge anime. And I, I did binge a show this morning, and I won't tell you guys what it was yet. But um, it's kind of fatiguing to me to sit down and watch a show for, you know, like three or four hours at a time. I, I get up and I'm like mentally fatigued from it. And I don't know if it's whatever. I, I feel like I've always done that, though. Mm. Like when I've stood after watching binging, like hardcore marathoning a show, I get up and I'm like, man. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> it depends so, on the show for me. Yeah, it, it definitely depends on the show. I think even even if I really really enjoyed it though, I will say like the act of s sitting in front of a TV for for that long probably isn't great for you, but uh but yeah, like it it definitely depends on the show. Sometimes you come away with it like, "Oh, that was awesome. Can't wait for the next season of that or, you know, wow, what an ending." And other times it's like Especially, you know, it's like when you're reviewing it, it's like, oh boy, that that was a, yeah, that was a rough. And I'm not, I mean, one of the worst that I can remember was because I hardcore binged Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood when I got into that show, and that show, like, I finished the entire thing in a week. So if that tells you anything about how much I was binging it, and yeah, I remember getting up basically to walk the dogs, use the bathroom, and get food. That was about all. I, <laughs> that was about all the breaks that I and I remember going out to walk the dogs and just being so like invested in that show that I was like thinking about you know altering the ground around me and stuff. Because, you know you get you get so like you know into a universe, so immersed into it. But um, yeah. But it, I don't know mentally, especially the show that uh, the show that I did just binge this morning was kind of emotionally uh, a little bit. It was a little bit. I don't want to say it a bad way. I just, it, it had my emotions gone a few times. So, um, yeah. So you'll hear about that later. <laughs> but uh, because today is our review cast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Part one of two. Yes. <laughs> so yes. exciting. Very exciting. <laughs> so, <I'm tr> <laughs> so this time around, uh, you know, just like, la just like the other times, um, uh, this is the, the winter 2020, uh, review cast and if you watched our draft cast or, or listened to our draft cast uh, for spring you'll know that our format is has changed will will change a bit i guess the reviews won't change a whole lot at least i don't think they will um but uh but yeah but as of now like uh, i actually this season i was gonna say expect a lot of you know solo reviews this episode maybe next episode maybe less so yeah um but uh, my rambling out of the way, uh, Logan, what's our first <laughs> show for the day? Our first <laughs> show is a short. It is a short 
that is kind of a bridge between a show that was out already and a show that has another season coming next year. And that is Hey Camp, which is kind of a spinoff of Laidback Camp, uh, the camping anime. And uh, yeah, this was like, what, a three minute little short anime um, <laughs> about the three girls in the out club kind of going from place to place to uh, do the stamp rally. Um, since Nadeshko is not familiar with uh, the region that they're in. Um, yeah, so it's, it's just kind of like a, a cool little thing to kind of see different areas and whatever. I have no idea. I don't remember where they're at. Uh, Yamanishi. Somewhere around, Yamanishi, yeah, somewhere mm. around Fuji. Um, they essentially, yeah, they, they essentially go uh, from like spot to spot in the area around um, Mount Fuji. Uh Collecting the 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 Yamanishi kid stamp rallies uh, yeah. stamps. <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun to watch because it just completely reminded me of uh, my experience in uh, uh, Numazu and um, Uchira mm. with uh, the collecting stamps <laughs> in our stamp book. Um, so it was kind of cool to see that you know an anime did that. Did did they have trouble with the stamp? Uh, you know, pads being no, dried out, so they really perfect stamps every time. Every time. <laughs> uh, so the explanation for why, though, like I mean, they didn't yeah. they didn't really mean to explain it that way, but it makes sense uh, why they had perfect stamps every time. But yeah, it is kind of BS because <laughs> because the Numazu ones were like, oh, this one's good. Oh, this one's like, there's too much ink, and then most of them were like, oh, this this thing is dry as bone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Push as hard as you can and hope for the best. Yeah. I imagine there's probably like veteran stamp collectors over in Japan who like have techniques like they spit in the stamp thing oh, or something Jesus. to get some moisture or something. Well, now that, you know, that's in my brain. Uh, <laughs> but oh, yeah, so that, whose spit do you have in your stamp book? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, but yeah, so, so this, this one primarily uh, follows... Uh, Nadeshko, Aoi, and and Chiaki, uh, but we do get Rin every now and again, um, and I, I mm-hmm. appreciated her little, uh, I guess cameos. Yeah, and it even the grandpa's like one cameo. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, it was fun. I actually like. I I mean, I I figured I was gonna enjoy it. I loved um, laid back camp, but yeah. uh, uh, I was like, oh, man, three three minutes is that really enough time? And I think I think they actually did do a good job telling a story like roughly three minutes at a time you uh-huh. know for for 12 weeks sure so yeah take take 40 minutes go watch this it's it's a lot of fun and i absolutely love the uh ed music yeah it's fantastic like normally with a short you're like does this really need an ed it's it's already really really short as it is but like this one it's it's by the same artist um who does who does shiny days yeah, um, the OP. Yeah, the OP for the yeah for the for laid back camp uh, Asaka, and her voice is just fantastic. So that song's stuck in my head right now. Yeah, I know. Well, I I finished the last like three episodes this morning, so me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, scoring this, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a five out of five as far as uh, shorts are concerned. Uh, uh, there's literally nothing that I think is bad about this short. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it set out. It really does set out what it 
or it, it achieves what it sets out to achieve. I mean, there's, yeah, there's nothing really bad about it. It doesn't, I, I can't, I can't think of anything. I'd say five out of five as well for me. Yeah. Right up there with, uh, Oshite Galkochan uh-huh. for shorts. Although, I mean, you know, very different subject matter. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> um, I would be curious to know how it would be for someone who hasn't seen Laidback Camp. Mm, true, true. Um, I might have to give it a might have to give it a watch and let you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, worth a gander. Mm-hmm. I mean, so is Laidback Camp. So I would recommend you watch Laidback Camp and then watch this because I think you're going to enjoy Absolutely. both. But, yes, I mean, you do what you want. <laughs> yes, and we've got more Laidback Camp coming. Yeah, very exciting. Winter 2021. Can't come soon enough. No, it can't. Um, so, yeah. So, the first full-length show that we have on the list here is called Asteroid in Love or Koi, or Koisuru Asteroid. Um, the premise for this one is when she was little, Konohatamira promises a boy she meets at a campsite that they can find a galaxy together. Uh, when she enters, that is just an incorrect. Okay, I'm gonna edit <laughs> what this. <laughs> I I'm, I have to use Andy Chart because my anime list is down right now, so I am going to edit this on the fly. Uh, when she was little, Konohatamira promises a boy she meets at a campsite that they can find an asteroid together. Uh, when she enters high school, she joins the astronomy club. But that year, the astronomy club happened to be combined with the geology club to make it the Astrogeo Club. Um, it's that's truly a horrific uh, synopsis for that show, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, this is a, a slice of a slice of life anime. Um, the main character, Mira. Uh, when she was younger was that a like community camp night kind of thing uh, she runs into who she thinks is a boy named Al um, who is very knowledgeable about the stars um, Mira finds out that there's an asteroid named after her but not one named after Al and so she promises Al that when they're older uh, they will find an asteroid together and name it after um, her spoiler. Um, so yeah, when uh, Mira gets to high school, uh, she finds out that the astronomy club had been combined with the geology club. Um, I think in the anime they just called it the uh, Earth Sciences Club, not the <laughs> Astro Geo Club. Um, and from there. Uh, we get to meet like the other members of the club. On the geology side, there's uh, Mikage Sakurai, uh, or Sakura is what they call her. Um, and Inose Mai. Um, Sakurai is a third year. Uh, Inose is a second year. On the astronomy side, there was just uh, Mari Morino, um, who gets the nickname Monroe Senpai. Uh, Mira likes giving out nicknames, so Sakura is Sakurai, uh, Monroe is uh, Morino, and then yeah, there's Ao and Mira, um, and their advisor, Yuki Endo, and it's just kind of uh, them 
showing us, the viewer, how great astronomy and geology are uh, through their various club activities. Um, it's just a fun show. Uh, I wasn't really sure what to expect going in. Uh, I love Dogakobo, uh, who's the studio that does this one. Uh, I think they do really, really good slice of life anime. Um, yeah, well, I'm looking forward to a couple more of those next <laughs> season too. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> me too, me too. Um, and I think they always do characters really well, and I think that's where this show really shines: is that the characters are all fun and interesting, um, and unique. Um, they all have, you know, passion for what they um, enjoy. Um, Sakura is really into rocks uh, and, you know, geology in general, uh, minerals and stuff like that. And we do get to learn quite a bit about, you know, different things about rocks and uh, fossils and stuff like that. Um, Inose is into uh, making maps. I forget exactly what the terminology is for that. I know there is one. <clears throat> uh, we find that Morino uh, Mondro Senpai wants to become an astronaut, um, which is why she's really into astrology. And then, of course, we've got Mira and Ao, who want to discover an asteroid. Um, I wasn't sure how much of a role that would actually play in the anime, them wanting to discover an asteroid, but um, it actually ended up playing quite a bit, a uh, bit of a role, especially later on. Um, and it was super, like, kind of interesting to see how scientists actually go about, you know, identifying asteroids and naming them. I had no idea that most asteroids actually had a name and that you could even distinguish them from each other. Um, so that was kind of cool and interesting. Is this like a Kamakura, like Girl Cycling Club thing where they, they kind of teach you about the thing, you know, in the episode and or or was it like a post episode kind of thing? No, no, it was in the episode for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was this um, like a so was this like a I mean you said that there's like an kind of an overarching plot uh that comes about more later on, but what mm-hmm. for the most part otherwise was it just like a slice of life teaching you about uh astro uh astronomy and, and geology or yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, they have you know the typical like you know barbecue on the on the oh I guess normally it'd be on like on the beach or something, but they do it on like the uh, river uh, bank or whatever. Uh, they go to like um, oh JAXA like a JAXA museum. Somewhere, I don't remember exactly where. They go to a couple different, like, uh, rock showcases and stuff like that. So they kind of do, like, club activities, taking you kind of around to these various places and in the process, showing and teaching what, you know, they're interested in. Um, this anime also does kind of an interesting thing where normally for this kind of, you know, style of show, a one year in the anime... Uh, it's kind of like a season, um, but we reached graduation at like episode nine. Oh wow! So yeah, so Sakura and uh, Munro um, actually graduate in the show, and we get three new three, three two, no, uh, two two new girls in the the club. Um, Sakura's younger sister, whose name I don't remember and I don't have access to, and another girl um, whose name I don't remember either. Uh, and. She, 
she's interested in uh, meteorology, like weather. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of another layer that they kind of added to the uh, the information side of the show. Um, but yeah, I found the show fascinating to watch. Um, I think slice of life anime has some of the best character animation of any type of anime. Mm-hmm. Um, since that's like the main draw is the characters usually. Um, and there are several moments in the show where I'm just like, man, that's just really, really well done animation. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's fun. It's just a fun show. Uh, I think if you like slice of life anime or are interested in any of those topics, it's definitely worth a look. Um, also has a really good ED, which is not something that I normally uh, care about. So, Yeah, that's unusual for you to give props to an ED. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, Science cool. Slice of Life. <laughs> yeah, Science Slice of Life. Um, it's unusual. I mean, I can't think of any shows that I would compare it to. Yeah. Based on what you described. Yeah. Hey, I... Like, I don't know, my expectations weren't super high going to this one because uh, I didn't know really what it was going to be that. But I was thoroughly impressed with what it did. Hmm. Yeah, it was just all I really knew of the show was the title. And I assumed that there was a girl with a really weird name and her name was Asteroid. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there I, was one other character I forgot. Uh, Suzu, who's uh, Mira's like childhood friend, who's like the... Uh, mascot of her family's bread company she was a lot of fun to watch as well um yeah just really really good characters cool. uh, man giving this a score man mm, i think i'm gonna give it a four and a half out of five okay i i really really uh love what it did i don't think many cool. people are actually gonna watch it but I think more people should. All right. Nice. Well, I mean, definitely sounds interesting. It's it's just, yeah, to have like a slice of life show that focuses so much on the sciences like that is actually, is actually pretty cool. So certainly anyone who's interested in that, I would assume you think that this probably is a show for them. I can't imagine there's that many people out there who are hardcore, you know, geology otaku. But, <laughs> I, um, at least it sounds like a way to uh, to learn some stuff about that, which is actually always a plus when it comes to these shows. So yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Cool, man. Awesome. It's a little little gem. Yeah. No, no pun intended. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, from that to a, a mobile game title, uh, Fate Grand Order, or oh god, what's the full? It's uh, Fate Grand Order, Absolute Demonic Front Babylonia. Uh, it's a show that I drafted uh, back in uh, the fall season. Uh, got two cores um, from uh, Studio Cloverworks, and uh, yeah, um, this is the whoa, sixth singularity in the Fate Grand Order. Um, like story the like the main story for like like right now we're in lost belt six but was wasn't it seven i swear it was the sixth one. Oh, you're right this is the seventh well no hold on because it was fuyuki Fuy- fuyuki uh orleans france yeah uh okeanos um, 
uh, uh Rome, Rome. Yeah. Uh America, Camelot. London, Camelot. Yeah, you're right. That's wow, it's the eighth. Is it the eighth? Uh, oh man. Fuyuki Orleans. Um someone's yelling at their their, their <laughs> podcast player right now. Orleans, Rome, Okeanos, America, London. There's like an easy way to, you know, actually look this up. We, we could just pick up our phones, yeah. But I, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> uh, so do I mean like out of curiosity, just before you get started, um do you did were you bothered by the fact that they skipped all of the other singularities and kind of jumped to this one? I yes hate it no. so much. Okay. Uh yeah, because it seems weird to me that I, they skipped I, so I, much. As a, as someone who played the game, I don't mind it that much. Um, because I know the story. Uh, as someone who wants other people to get into the story, I don't kind of I don't really like it because the movie that covers Fuyuki isn't great. Um, to be fair, I didn't think Orleans was all that great. Rome was fantastic. Okeanos wasn't all that great. America was so disappointing to me. It was the only thing good that came out of America was we got Ma- uh, Maeve in that one. Yeah. Um, let me think. Actually, I like some of the side characters in America were fun. I just thought the story was kind of dumb. Um, London, I I loved, but I mean, I'm a Mordred fan, so of course I love London. Um, <laughs> and then we're getting Camelot as a movie, but after Babylonia, which like, if you watch Babylonia, I, to be fair, the only people who are going to be watching this anyway are fans, and you know, you know, some people might say something like. Oh, well, then they're going to lose out on, you know, all these people. And I think those people are forgetting that there are millions of people around the world who play Freight Grand Order. Mm. Uh, like, like this game, like, and even the people who have stopped still remember the Babylonia storyline. I, I think it's my second, yeah, probably my second favorite. I think I like Camelot more, so I'm happy that Camelot's getting the movie treatment. Um, But, like... I don't think they're losing out on on too much because I really don't think people are going to start up Fate Grand Order right now, like where it's at. I kind of wonder, yeah, I kind of wonder if it was a business decision then, you know, because like, obviously, if you were to go, like for me. It was not a business decision. It wasn't. It was a fan vote. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, the fans voted. They they wanted the the story to, and it was, we should say it was a primarily Japanese fan vote because I'm sure that some foreigners were able to, you know, to get in uh but it was a fan vote on like they they were like we're gonna make an anime out of one of the stories which one should it be wow yeah see i, I mean i only played up through london and i thought rome was my favorite so rome was rome was, like, rome was fantastic but rome was fantastic because it like for me because it foreshadows camelot um hmm. uh and i mean without camelot rome in a bubble is i mean it's fine nero's great oh, but I like Nero. Yeah, and Nero's I already got like, an anime, so yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like I, when I was going to say business decision, I feel like they're they're not going to they're not going to make Nero any more popular. So I, I was happy with this one because, like, had they started with Orleans, I don't think, I don't think like it wouldn't have gotten popular enough for them to want to continue making anime. Um, like maybe maybe not. I mean, maybe the just the fate name itself could have carried it. Uh, but if they didn't get to Babylonia, I would I would have been pretty sad that I didn't get to see Quetzalcoatl and in anime mm-hmm. form, and I'm pretty happy I got to see that. Um, so yes, this this is this is like this is a massive jump into the Grand Order storyline 
mm -hmm. uh, if you're not already familiar with it. So uh, chances are you're already a fan if you're watching it. But just to kind of recap, um, going all the way back to Fuyuki, uh, humanity is, um, I guess you'd say on its last legs because uh, there's this machine that can kind of tell the future. And for whatever reason, the future stops at, God, what was it, 2018? Yeah. Uh, I, I can't like the, the, the dates change based on whether you're playing the JP version or the or the the US version because they're they're they start two years apart. But, I think it was twenty twenty nineteen for us, but Yeah. Or maybe it was twenty eighteen. I yeah, I don't know either way. I think I think it might have been twenty like like twenty nineteen, like New Year's Day twenty nineteen. There was no sure. there was no twenty nineteen past twenty eighteen. And for mm. for Japan it was I don't know, maybe a further date. I can't remember. But um, essentially, there, there's no future for humanity. And there's a task force set, to, um, like a task force is set up to like, to figure out why of all these, um, these mages who can potentially be masters. Um, you can see this in the, Fu in the Fuyuki movie and the, the Fate Grand Order movie. But essentially, the, the mission is sabotaged. All the masters are killed, except one who is the character you play in the game. But in in the anime, uh, the the characters that they picked the male version, and they've named him uh, Ritsuka Fujimaru, and um, Fujimaru, you know, goes through all these uh, singularities um, with Mash, who is uh, his demi servant, um, and you know, fixes them essentially. Uh, there's all these, <coughs> there's like a lot of, uh, yeah, like there's a lot of backstory you miss out go, going straight to Babylonia. But um, uh -huh. you miss, like there's these uh, like demon god pillars that are, you know, essentially trying to ruin certain timelines to, uh, uh, I guess, just kind of fuck with the past and, and bring about the collapse of humanity, you know, in the bygone year of 2018 um, or 2019. Uh, and so in Babylonia, this is the last singularity before uh, they can get to the big bad. And the big bad is uh, King Solomon, uh, you know, biblical King Solomon. Um, kind of. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and that's another thing. You missed that too, because Solomon appears in... Uh, uh, I'm going to catch flack for this. I can't remember. Is it London? I think it's London. He appears, yeah, he appears somewhere, and it's it's like okay, this is this is actually our big bad, um, and and so uh, it, in Babylonia they're trying to figure out you know how exactly Solomon has fucked with uh, ancient Mesopotamia, um, and uh, it starts out with like the the demonic front, uh, all, all these uh, ancient uh, Babylonian. Um, city-states uh are under attack by demons uh who are uh under the order of the three goddess alliance and i'm like massively going to spoiler stuff uh so get ready for that um the three goddesses are uh Ereshkigal, uh the um sumerian goddess of death uh quetzalcoatl the <laughs> not not a goddess in our timeline but in this timeline the uh the uh mesoamerican goddess of she's a goddess of a lot of stuff let's just say culture um <laughs> just a lot of stuff uh and then uh gorgon 
uh, who fashions herself as Tiamat, who is a prim- the primordial goddess of just Earth, just essentially yeah, Mother she's Earth. The mother, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, Fujimaru and and uh, Mash have to kind of help the city of Uruk uh, defend itself first and foremost before venturing out. Um, they find that the city is run by the still living, like not not a servant at this point, um, King Gilgamesh. So they're in, you know, mythological times, I guess. And Gilgamesh himself has uh, summoned uh, three, three? Yeah, three uh, servants. Uh, Ushwakamaru, uh, uh, Benki, and Leonidas. Um, along the way, like, uh, yeah, I, I'm skipping around a lot, but like along the way, they, they run into... Uh, a, Fujimaru and, and Mash run into Merlin, who has in his stead a rogue servant named Anna. Um, yeah, I'm skipping around a lot, but like, yeah. Um, I, I completely forgot about Enkidu, didn't I? Yep. Yeah, uh, they're, they're like initially they get there and, and, and Enkidu is like, hey, I'll take you to, to, you know, Gilgamesh. And it turns out it's not actually Enkidu. It's they call him Kingu. What? It's just somebody yeah. using it. It's like a being using Enkidu's body as a servant. Enkidu is also from the Epic of Gilgamesh. He was Gilgamesh's like best friend and he dies in the Epic of Gilgamesh. There's like a long part of the Epic of Gilgamesh dedicated to how Gilgamesh mourns for him for like a week. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, Gorgon, uh, attacks, uh, the city of Uruk. And that's one thing I can say for this show. Like the, like the one thing I, I very much enjoyed about the show was the, the battle scenes. Um, uh, like the, the overall animation is kind of okay. It's not what I've come to expect from a lot of like fate properties, but I mean, to be fair, I feel like Ufotable has kind of spoiled me on that. Um, but the combat animation for pretty much the, now I'd say, yeah, the entirety of the show is just fantastic. Um, and honestly, if you're, even if you're not interested in fate or if you're a fate fan and you're just not interested in grand order, um, I'd say it'd be worth trying to find like a YouTube compilation of all the, the combat se- sequences because they're great. They're <laughs> fucking fantastic. Especially uh, Ushiwakimaru's fight with Gorgon. Uh, mm. And actually, actually enjoyed... Uh, I, I will say one thing I think they did pretty well was they fleshed out a few of the, the minor stories. Like, I enjoyed Leonidas more in the anime than I did in the game. And I enjoyed his... Uh, like, his death scene was actually pretty, pretty impact, much more impactful. Um, yeah. In the anime. Uh, uh, So, like, towards the middle of the the anime, uh, the the focus shifts. Uh, Fujimaru, uh, it it starts trying to kind of break up the three goddess of lions, um, starting with uh, Quetzalcoatl, who is um, kind of... I won't say terrorizing, but yeah, kind of terrorizing, like a, the southern settlement. I can't remember what off the top of my head what it was called. Um, but uh, uh, she's she's essentially set up her own little Aztec kingdom, uh, and <laughs> she's also uh, 
like she fights like a hundred humans a day um and like captures them and takes them back and she's also 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 sacrificing people <laughs> because that's <laughs> something the aztecs did do um uh but uh F- fujimaru and and company uh go to her her city and uh she has er- erected the uh, piedra del sol i don't know if i'm saying that right essentially the the sun uh pyramid ziggurat whatever it's called um and she challenges you know fujimaru to a fight or fujimaru challenges her to a fight i should say and um he's able to win her over by uh, showing her how brave humans can be um because quetzalcoatl is nothing if not just a completely uh I don't know how to say this flippant character, sadistic, perverted she's, character. She's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, she, so she she's won over fairly easily. Um, uh, when they come back to the city, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, everybody's dead. Well, not everybody. <laughs> I should say uh, Gilgamesh is dead. Gilgamesh and and many of the town citizens are dead. Uh, and this is where they go into the underworld to confront Edeshkigal, um, uh, with with uh, Ishtar. Who? Yep, skipped over that one too. Uh, who is Ishtar? Is like the is one of the goddesses who they assume is part of the three goddess alliance, but she's she's not in it. She's uh, just the patron deity of Uruk, um, who has an interesting relationship with gilgamesh uh so, so they go down to the underworld to uh to save gilgamesh and you know the the town denizens and whatnot and and they win over <laughs> they win over a rescue goal kind of like in a it's it's actually kind of a touching way uh essentially yeah a, a rescue goal is is uh is a goddess who's been trapped in the underworld pretty much since her birth um and you know fujimaru is just like you know I guess empathizes with her for not having any friends for not, you know, ever being able to uh, form meaningful relationships and stuff like that. Um, And I don't know why he didn't do this to Quetzalcoatl, but uh, a mysterious uh, kind of robed figure is able to sever Ereshkigal's ties to the three goddess Alliance. (laughs) <laughs> um we'll find out who he is in a bit um so with with uh quetzalcoatl and uh Areshkigal, uh on their side uh the uh fujimaru and and like the rest of them are they're able to actually take on gorgon and they're they think that by taking on gorgon it'll end the singularity <laughs> it'll pretty much just close everything turns out that's not how it works because uh, Gorgon was only tentatively tied to Tiamat, and the death of Gorgon uh, just freed Tiamat from her slumber, and the rest of the anime is a giant fight with Tiamat, uh, who is a gigantic, you know, primordial goddess. Um, I think they say, uh, like they do, they do mention she's uh, in the beast class, which is one of the only classes in. Uh, fate grand order that you can't summon uh, and there's i think they say they they mentioned there's, there's like seven, seven of them yeah yeah foo is one of them <laughs> yeah foo Fu, yeah, Fu is one of them uh yeah uh, so the, the the last sequence without without getting too much into like spoiler i mean even though this is a spoiler cast but um uh 
it would take me a long time to cover everything. Uh, sure. Some of my favorite parts about that were, uh, I think the anime did a better job with the um, Ushiwakamaru uh, return because Ushiwakamaru in her fight with Gorgon is captured and is taken back to the enemy base by Enkidu, who then uh, corrupts kind, her. Yeah, kind of corrupts her. So she's corrupted by the, the black mud that uh, Tiamat is able to spread over the land. Um, and the fight between her and Benki, I really, really enjoyed. Um, I, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, I think I I enjoyed that like during the Tiamat fight, like they saved a lot of the uh, the noble phantasm abilities for the mm. the the Tiamat fight, and I I appreciated that they didn't use them a lot, a lot like in some fate fate you know anime where it's like, wow, you're able to use that a lot. Doesn't that tax the absolute shit out of your mage? Um, <laughs> uh, I I did laugh though that they didn't <laughs> they didn't use Quetzalcoatl's actual noble phantasm because you know the what? way the way i remember yeah uh beating tiamat i remember <laughs> my quetzalcoatl uh body slamming tiamat a number of times <laughs> uh but uh she it, it they turned it into like this like super mega ultra from the top rope kick that she does from fucking space or whatever um uh, but it like, was really funny in the game seeing Tiamat, who's like taking up like the entire screen, just like flipped upside down. Yeah, get body slammed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, Ishtar still still uses uh, like still weaponizes the planet of Venus. Uh, Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, Arashkigal still has her her you know ridiculous amount of spears. Um, I did like that, and I think this I. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't I don't remember that well. But uh, at one point, um, uh, Gilgamesh, who is in King Gilgamesh form, and this is kind of an important distinction. Um, uh, King, King Gilgamesh is from part of the Epic of Gilgamesh after Enkidu dies when he calms down. Um, yeah. Archer Gilgamesh is from the beginning of the Epic of Gilgamesh when he's a complete asshole, just the absolute worst. Um, so King Gilgamesh actually kind of dies uh or at least that's what i assume um in in the tmat fight and he's able to then kind of just summon himself in his prime um <laughs> as the archer gilgamesh so we do get uh enma illish the you know his noble phantasm which i'm sure a lot of you know gilgamesh fans appreciated sure. per personally i like mage gilgamesh more yeah. um but yeah so like the the end fight is just like I mean, it's like a, I mean, just like a shonen anime. So it's yeah. like, you know, they they uh, they do something. It's super effective against Tiamat, but oh no, Tiamat had this next ability, and oh <laughs> now someone else does something. It's super effective, but oh no, she had this ability. And I knew that was coming, but it's like, uh, I I wish they would just have hurried up with the like. That's another thing is like for someone who's who's knows what's happening in the story. There were parts of like the explanation where I just kind of tuned out because I'm like, all right, I know what's going to happen next. Just get to the fight for fuck's sake, uh -huh. um, which I guess doesn't speak volumes to it. But it did. I, I did enjoy the fights, but some of the explanatory parts were kind of meh. Um, that's another thing, too. Uh, a, a, like I, I know we've talked about like I've talked about like how there are a lot of spoilers 
in this show if you're not already versed in it. But like, I don't understand why they didn't wait to put out the Camelot movie first. At least put out the Camelot movie first, and then put out the the Bab- uh-huh. Like, if you're gonna do the last two, which I I agree are the probably the best two storylines, do Camelot first because like Mash uses her noble phantasm like two or three times. Yeah. Just the weight, like just the words in her noble phantasm are a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you're not supposed to know who she is at the beginning of Kevalot. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. It kind of takes away some of the uh, the impact of that story. I mean, like, you don't know exactly who she is, but it, like, the words give away where her spirit origin is from, at least. And you can suss sure. out. I mean, not. I guess if you're really, really observant, you can suss out who exactly she is. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, and you know, eventually, uh, what do you call it? I, that's another thing too. Is is Fuji, eventually they beat Tiamat, but it's actually Fujimura who who deals the the final blow. And it's like, you know, my Fujimura just kind of sat back and let everyone else do. Yeah. The, uh, did you Did you want to mention Gramps? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually didn't, you know, uh, so that, that was, that was part of the, uh, uh, the, the whole back and forth of like, oh, we did something to Tiamat and like, maybe it's over. Oh no, it's not over. Like Gramps actually does come out. Like this is, um, the first Hassan, the, uh, the, the giant like skull headed or skull helmed, um, uh, quote unquote assassin. I don't know if you, if anybody would not be able to see <laughs> that hulking giant of a man coming, but. Uh, yeah, so the the guy who severed um, Ereshkigal's ties to the god to the goddess alliance was uh, Hassan himself, which I appreciated because it makes sense, you know, him being so closely tied with death to be able to affect a death goddess. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, eventually he he you know shows his true form and and he fights uh, Tiamat. One of the biggest disappointments for me was that he never used his noble phantasm. What? Because his MP is so fucking cool. But to Ugh. be fair, I, I was actually thinking that's where they were going with that. I was thinking like they were going to use like the one in like ten fucking trillion thousand or whatever chance instant that, death. that he got the instant death. <laughs> his his noble phantasm has like a has like a, a small like insta death chance. Um, and I don't. I, I I'm willing to bet Tiamat like can't be killed like that. But yeah. <laughs> it's still a really cool little phantasm. I was really hoping to see it it um, uh, shown. However, we do still have hope that in the Camelot movie, um, we'll see it. I won't say where he's at in the Camelot movie, you know, spoilers. But I mean, to be fair, again, if you're going to watch the Camelot movie, there's like a... I'm willing to bet that 99.9% of people going to see that movie are <laughs> are already fans of the Fate franchise and even more so uh grand order was there um you know like the way you're describing the fight in the anime with tiamat it was pretty pretty epic you know uh, it was long I, too several episodes yeah see like i in my i never got to that part in the game but none of the fights felt that epic to me so i'm wondering did they capture that kind of feeling with the fight in the mobile game yeah or was I mean, this... I, one of the things i uh, i enjoyed about babylonia is like um like it, like in the anime, uh, Tiamat comes from the Persian Gulf and starts engulfing the the, the like local Mesopotamian area in in her black mud or whatever. Um, and in the mobile game, like uh, you, there's actually like 
missions, I think, where you're, where you're retreating. And you know how you can see like a map, uh, uh, like that map just slowly starts getting engulfed by Tiamat and, and the mud in the mobile game. Yeah, I, I, I think they did a pretty good job. I honestly think they, they did uh, the best they could um, with, it's a really long property or a really long uh, um, storyline. And I, I, I worry about Camelot because Camelot is maybe a little bit shorter, but like in movie format, I worry about them cutting out too much. But we'll see. Uh, I think this well, one they left. I mean, they left quite a bit in that maybe could have been cut out. They can cut out Tristan. and I'm okay with that. Oh no, th- so. no, they can't because that Tristan factors. In- oh wait, no, I'm sorry, Tristan, wrong guy, wrong guy. I was thinking of redhead. Yep, yep. It honestly sounds like a lot of fan service. I mean, it sounds like they're I mean, trying that's, to that's show. That's pretty much what it is, yeah. Yeah, and, and like I, I do wonder if, as someone who's not a huge fan of the of the game and of the franchise, if I would get anything out of it. I mean, it sounds kind of cool. There are some characters that I like that I would like to see some of the fights that you're describing. But that's why um, I said, like, if you're not a fan of of Grand Order, like. I, yeah. I'd say the fight sequences, because, you know, there's a lot of people who make, like, YouTube compilations of fight sequences for, like, Naruto or Dragon Ball or whatever. I'm, <laughs> if they did one for this, I think it'd be worth a watch for people, because um, especially the Ushiwakamaru fight when she fights Gorgon. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Ushiwakamaru, so I, I'll probably have to look that one up. <laughs> um, I mean, like, yeah. And, and apologies to those of you who, uh, who really, really uh, enjoy grand order and all that stuff uh i did skip over a lot enkidu like enkidu's like uh what do you call it um i won't say reconciliation but kind of reconciliation uh uh the the weird like alien creatures that tiamat produces in the black mud um but i mean yeah like there's a lot a lot a lot happens in this story uh and like like you said, Jeff, it really is fan service. And you know what? I'm fine with that because they know that they have enough fans to where, you know, they're go like enough people are going to enjoy this and buy the Blu-rays and, you know, watch it. Uh I, I think that's kind of speaks volumes of a property, uh, especially like a game where you don't have to worry about uh uh easing people into it. Um, you can just throw something out and you know people are going to are going to go for it. It's hard to imagine. I, I honestly can't think of an equal to this when it comes to the scope of the universe and the scope of the fan base that fate has created. I, I, I can't think of another one that really could pull off shows like you're an anime that is almost entirely focused on fan service that actually it makes sense because the fans want it <laughs> you know there's enough fans out there that it makes financial sense to create this um yeah I, I don't know i don't know if you guys can think of any examples of something that matches fate but i think fate probably has p- created an anime empire that is unlike anything else <laughs> yeah um so with that, man, scoring this one's hard because I, I, I enjoyed the fights. Some of the in betweeny bits were kind of meh. Um, I did enjoy a, like quite a bit of the character interaction between um, Fujimaru and especially like the the conversations that you have with Ereshkigal um, when when uh, on your way to confront uh, Quetzalcoatl, like when uh-huh. she's when she's posing as Ishchar. 
are fantastic. They, I think they did those really well. But on this, at the same token, man, I do wish that they had started from the beginning. But I, I can see not wanting to get into the whole I, I like Harry Potter thing where you're constantly having to re-up contracts for actors over and over again over years. <laughs> um, I give this a 3.5 out of 5. I enjoyed it. I think that's fair. I enjoyed yeah. it a lot, but but uh, I, I do wish... I wish, Well, first I wish the, the, the old Grand Order movie was better. That probably would have... That might have yeah. se- secured uh, a bit more than just, uh, all right, we're doing one anime choose choose which story <laughs> fuyuki is just so uninteresting as a story and the setting um that yeah i think it really kind of drags down the rest of the uh yeah the singularities it, it definitely could have been better like what was the point of killing off olga anyway <laughs> uh, yeah please tell me i want it back <laughs> I'm watching. Uh, I'm watching that fight between Ushiwakamaru and Gorgon. That is pretty, pretty fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Cloverworks did a, did a good job. I, I don't. I don't particularly care for all of the animations, but when when it came down to the to the you know the best part of the you know the series, in my opinion, um, they nailed it. They nailed it. So yeah, uh, Fate Grand Order, nice. Absolute Demonic Front, Babylonia, three point five out of five. Uh, where would you like on your personal hierarchy slot this one in with like other uh, fates? Fate, yeah, other fates. I mean, I go fate zero. <sighs> fate zero, probably. Uh, if I'm doing series and not movies, I'll, I'll leave the 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 movies out because they're okay. I, I think they're in a they're in a league of their own, honestly. Um. Zero probably uh, 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 uh unlimited blade works apocrypha I still haven't finished um extra extra uh, uh probably the f- no actually okay if we're concluding the food one too then oh yeah yeah because number one baby that would actually probably be number three for me then apocrypha I love apocrypha but that food one's just so damn good um yeah this one this one falls you know kind of far out of the lease. <laughs> But yeah. but it it's it comes before the unlimited blade works movie and the well and the okay, studio we said we aren't com- including movies here. Okay, well then it falls before the studio dean version. Like I like this considerably more like I like the ending of this considerably more than I like the ending of the dean version. So Sure. Um what other fate things have I seen? Is there anything else? I oh, I guess I've seen so. <laughs> That's not really all fate. So I'm not going to I'm not going to include Carnival Phantasm, but Oh, I have seen Carnival Phantasm. It is pretty funny, but it's not all fate. So go go watch, go watch other fate properties. I recommend Fate Zero. (laughs) I recommend Unlimited Blade Works uh, and today's menu for the Emmy family. Those are the two best. Uh, But the next show that we have is a show that I drafted. Um a show called Runway de Awarete, or Smile Down the Runway. Uh, the synopsis for this one is Chiyuki Fujito has a dream to become a Paris collection model. Uh, the problem is she's too short to be a model, and everyone around her tells her so. But no matter what they say, she won't give up. Her classmate, a poor student named Ikuto Sumura, 
also has a dream to become a fashion designer. One day, Chiyuki tells him that it's probably impossible for him, causing him to consider giving up. This is the story of two individuals wholeheartedly chasing after their dreams in spite of all the negativity that comes after them. Um, yeah. So, Chiyuki, um, her dad runs a modeling agency, I guess. Um, or a fashion agency. Something like that. I don't remember if they actually do fashion or not. They probably do. Um, and so she kind of grew up around uh, fashion models and the, you know, idea that going to Paris Fashion Week is like the ultimate goal for anyone who aspires to be a model. Um, but unfortunately for her, at some point, she just stopped growing. Uh, so she's, I think, 158 centimeters tall, which is considered too short to be um, a Paris Fashion Week model. Uh, but she doesn't want to give that up. Uh, she's very determined to make uh, a fashion show in, you know, or, you know, participate in the fashion show in Paris at some point in her life. Um, and then, yeah, Ikuto is a just kind of like, I don't know, a fan designer. Like, he designs on the side. Um, it was never really something that he thought that he could really pursue uh, because his family is poor. Um, and so he's always just thought that his lot in life would be just to work, uh, to make money for the family so that his sisters could go to school um, and pursue their passions. Um, but I can't remember exactly what the series of events is here, but at some point, uh, Chiyuki has Ikuto make a dress for her, uh, and that dress catches the attention of uh, some magazine photographer uh, who takes a picture of Chiyuki, um, and it kind of blows up, and it kind of gives Ikuto, you know, an in into the fashion industry, um, where he kind of uh, gets various opportunities to pursue this. A uh, dream of his of actually becoming a fashion designer. Um, what do you think of the show, Jeff? Yeah, I. So, I did watch this show, and in disclosure, I dropped Pet, and this was the show Logan recommended I watch. It was between this and uh, a show that Carlos recommended that I'm not going to mention because we haven't reviewed it yet, but. Um, <laughs> And I chose Smile Down the Runway and uh, mostly because I actually probably would have chose the other one just because of the synopsis sounded more interesting to me. Honestly, a show about fashion design. Can't really say that it caught my attention, um, but I, I picked this one because it was on Funimation, full disclosure, but I actually ended up being <laughs> really happy that I picked this show. Uh, this probably... <sighs> This show had some of the best characters I've seen in a really long time. Yeah, anime, they're really fantastic. Yeah. Um, really, it just it's such a good case study on how to build a tremendous character in a really short period of time. And I don't know how they necessarily did it, but I found myself <laughs> connected to every one of these characters in almost no time at all. And I, yeah. I can't really explain why. <laughs> it's I feel like they're kind of it's it's the kind of thing where you I think they endear themselves to you early. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know, I instantly fell in love with Chiyuki. I think she's just yeah. 
perfect in every way. I, I love her personality. I love her looks. Um, I love her, you know, passion. Not only is the character designs and especially Chiyuki's character beautiful, but her personality, and, and I think that a lot of it comes down to the personalities of the characters, but hers in particular is just so amazing. Like she's yeah. she's so confident. And I, uh, I think yeah. it's so not, unusual. Not she's like, not like haughty or like overconfident necessarily. No. Yeah, like she's confident enough to know that like she she knows what she wants and she knows she can do it and she's just gonna keep trying regardless of how many people put her down. Um and how many people tell her she can't. And I think that's I appreciate that. I mean I know it's kind of stereotypical for anime, but the way they did it in this show just felt really endearing to, yeah. <laughs> to her character. Um she I, I, uh yeah go ahead. No go ahead. Oh I was just gonna say I think you know, because they're able to endear us to these characters, you know, so early on, like even with Ikuto kind of like seeing his family situation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, seeing that dress that he makes for uh, Chiyuki very early on. That's probably my favorite outfit in this entire show, that blue dress. I think it's fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. And it, it was kind of the catalyst for like everything that happened after it. Yeah. So it's fitting that they that they kind of picked that one. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, Ikuto, I, I didn't expect he's, I mean, when you see Ikuto and you kind of see his personality, <laughs> you think like, this guy's going to be kind of annoying. Like, he seems yeah. like, he seems like kind of an annoying, typical anime male protagonist, but he was actually really endearing. I really liked Ikuto. I was rooting for him the whole time. Yeah. Um, I think it's fitting too, just the little bit I know about modeling and fashion, just from like listening to podcasts and stuff. Apparently, it really is a tough, tough industry. Like, you have to have mm-hmm. super thick skin because people i mean it's a super haughty industry everyone is so stuck up they stick their noses up at everything and they're just a bunch of pretentious shits and (laughs) (laughs) like it's so it's fitting that they had to deal with a lot of negativity and they had to fight through a lot of it to realize their dreams and i really really liked with and there's some other characters that i'm sure you're going to talk about um going Mm -hmm. further but with these characters, it was kind of a, they put the natural talent and the kind of passion and they kind of put them side by side with each of these characters. And some characters had a passion for their natural talent. Other characters maybe didn't have the natural talent, but they had such a passion for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it kind of put these things side by side where in one way, I feel like, again, it's a stereotypical theme in anime to see that, but the way that they framed it all in this show was really awesome with these characters. So I'm just talking out why I think maybe I loved him so much. Yeah, but <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, like the, the characters, like we get to pretty much see how stressful of an industry um, fashion shows and modeling can be like right away. Mm-hmm. Like after Ikuto kind of gets his break, he gets – invited or recommended to this one designer guy um who is kind of he's you know starting out on his own trying to make his own fashion brand um and he's got a show coming up um and just like him being pretty much like it's just him and then these two other people i don't know what happened to that guy i don't know if you remember when we first meet um uh what's his face uh uh Yanagida, the redheaded guy. He's sure, got like, sure. He's got those two assistants, that one girl, and then there's like another guy in there. I'm pretty sure that guy just died, and they just never <laughs> talked to him, and talked about him again. That's um, so true. Yeah, but uh, 
just like how severely overworked all these people are um and the stresses of putting on the show and being thrust into it like Ikuto is um especially having to you know think on his feet work on his feet uh to make sure that this show becomes a success when you know stuff inevitably falls apart mm. um it's just like yeah you can't help but root for them sure um especially you know chiyuki being a part of the show as well last minute uh and then having to kind of work together and figure it out it's, they just really established the teamwork between the two and the relationship between the two yeah uh really well early on yeah it's a really um, kind of good it, it was a good inter interact like and they they started out as kind of more just classmates like they weren't really close but you actually got to see these two characters grow to be friends over the course of the show which i think was was really kind of a, a cool natural progression yeah yeah um we eventually meet a couple new characters uh the most important i think being kokoro hasagawa who is a model um but she does not want to be a model i think she hates being a model um and her passion is actually uh designing for fashion um but her <laughs> her what do you call it uh retainer um manager is like vehemently against her <laughs> you know quitting uh to go design full-time well i guess she she's going to does she go to the school I don't even remember. I think she does. She she goes to the school, but it almost seems like it's kind of behind her agent's manager's back, back there. Yeah. Because like she's it, it, she's like the perfect example of like she is naturally the perfect model. Like she's yeah. got the perfect body. She's beautiful. Um, but she doesn't really have any passion for being a model. She wants to be a designer. So <laughs> and the manager's like. I think the manager had a line at one point that was like the true uh, formula to happiness is to align your, your passion and your talents or something. And mm -hmm. uh, so like basically the manager was just like, you have to be passionate about being a model. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Trying to which, force it on her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it kind of seeing Kokoro's uh, growth as a character over the course of the show was really cool as well. Um, mm -hmm. Sticking to her guns. Um, and pursuing what she thinks is going to make her the most happy. She had a really kind of like really cute character design too. Uh, mm -hmm. Like she's kind of your typical tall, thin, slender model that she had. I don't think I've seen too many girls with her hair color. It was like a, like kind of a lavender. Yeah. Um, short hair. And yeah. yeah, she was like a very, she, she stood out as a kind of a very unique and, and beautiful character to me, which I thought was fitting mm -hmm. for what her character was yeah i didn't particularly care for her hairstyle um but i do like the color mm. and yeah the way she presents herself is uh, interesting and a little different she's very yeah. shy kind of but apparently she has an aura i guess which like yeah it's weird the way they present that sometimes because her aura looks kind of evil, like the yeah, way that she very menacing. <laughs> but that's not her at all. And at the time that they were saying that, like, oh my god, her aura, and she had like this black red like smoke coming off of her, and I'm like, uh -huh. that looks like someone coming out of the seventh circle of hell right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's how but, she really felt. Uh, maybe I that's guess. why she had such a good aura. She didn't want to do it, so she was <laughs> emanating uh, this hate 
Yeah, like this very intimidating kind of like men, like you said, menacing looking aura, um, which was very counter to what her character was, which was like a very soft spoken, sweet, shy kind of insecure almost character, yeah. which was was just she, she was cute for sure. Um, I think the other important character is uh, To, uh, yeah, To Ayano, uh, who is the top student of the uh, was it Geika Fashion School is the name of the school or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, whose grandma is like the like most famous fashion designer in Japan or something like that. Yeah, and he's got your like kind of typical, you know, like kind of the pressure of living up to your your pedigree but he kind of doesn't want to always be the you know just the grandson of his grandmother he wants to kind of design his own thing and create a name for himself so uh he he was a character i feel like i didn't really like a lot but at the same time i i kind of appreciated him for what he was like the character that he was like he's not a likable guy but (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's like where Chiyuki is like uh confident in a respectable and fun way. Mm-hmm. Ayano is confident in a you're all a piece of shit kind of way. Yeah, like very arrogant. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, arrogant. There you go. That's a much better way to phrase that. Yeah. Um Yeah. I I mean, like in the way the way that he was presented, I mean, the guy's clearly more experienced, much more talented, much mm-hmm. more kind of put together in in the, his craft than the rest of them. But um, well, he's also older. I think I think he's yeah. like a fourth year student at the school, so he's sure. like a senior here. Um, yeah, he's got the experience and growing up as the grandson of the the best fashion designer in Japan, you're bound to. Uh, Sure. Pick up a few tricks. Yeah, unfortunately, picked up an attitude while he was <laughs> while he was at it. But. Damn it! <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the second half of the show is pretty much focused on uh, this fashion show at this uh, school, the Geika Fashion School, um, where Ikuto gets invited as a uh, non-student participant. Um, and his original plan was to use Chiyuki as his model and to design everything around her. Um, but Chiyuki met Kokoro um, and saw the relationship that Kokoro had with her agent. Um, and I think the way that Chiyuki put it, um, so that she could prove to Kokoro that she was a better model, better model than her, despite being short. Uh, she decided to model for Kokoro instead at this fashion show. Yeah, that um, was that was an interesting moment when yeah. poor um, uh, I'm forgetting his name Ikuto? already. Ikuto, poor Ikuto is like friends with Kokoro, um, and he's basically building his entire plan for this fashion show around Chiyuki and in one fell swoop loses both of them <laughs> like yeah. i felt so bad for him at that moment i'm like oh man like you really just had the rug pulled out from under you <laughs> yeah it was definitely just, a uh, trial by fire kind of moment yeah and we didn't really mention either ikuto's kind of like you had mentioned 
basically he was kind of from a poor family mm-hmm. and he was taking care of his sisters, but his mother was also like in the hospital. So yes. he was trying to kind of support the entire family while his mom was sick, which created a lot of drama for him. So mm-hmm. yeah, at one point her, they weren't sure if, uh, his mom was actually going to make it. Mm. She had like a relapse of some kind and had to go in for surgery. Um, thankfully she does make it and she's uh, a lot healthier after that, but, uh, Sets yeah. up for probably one of the most emotional God moments damn, I've. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah. I think I ugly cried like yeah, for the first too. time in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get to it, but. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I think the other thing in the setup before we kind of get to the fashion show is that Kokoro makes a deal with uh, her agent um, that if she wins the fashion show, she will quit being a model. Um, and pursue fashion design full time, um, but if she doesn't win, then she has to quit fashion and model full time. Um, and so that's kind of the stakes uh, going into this fashion show. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that. No, it's kind of all build up. I mean, it sets up kind of a competition between there's like another designer there that's kind of got a problem with ikuto so uh-huh. it's like almost sets up this kind of four-way battle now at the end where you've got this fashion show where you've got ikuto and this is a really unique situation because you've got kokoro and ikuto who are both characters i was really rooting for and i wasn't sure who i wanted to see win more mm-hmm. um yeah. so you got kokoro ikuto um what is it ayano and uh this whoever this other person was uh, kaoru kizaki yeah that that the one. short hair um, girl. Yeah. And I actually really liked the design she ended up coming up with, but she was kind mm-hmm. of a whatever. Like, I don't really, she wasn't really built like the rest of the characters were. So, no, um, no, she, yeah, she didn't get a lot of time. Um, but yeah, the, <laughs> we get to, there's like a couple different stages of the, the competition. There's like an initial, you know, design stage where, they get kind of like critiqued by uh, other people in the competition as well as mm. the instructors. Uh, then there's a. Is there another one or is it? I don't there's... actually remember what the second stage was. I, I don't know that they really. I felt like they oh, said there was three stages. I think but... there was a second stage, but we didn't really get to see it since Ikuto got to bypass that one by getting third place right. in the first one. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and then there's the the actual show um <laughs> we know nothing about fashion uh <laughs> you know i don't think we can really speak in any way other than like what we liked and didn't like uh it, but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i liked ikuto's designs the most i think um, i mean like so the the, the girl with the short hair she uh-huh. She had a very like kind of Japanese looking style, kind of like um almost modern spin on traditional Japanese. Didn't she do attire. like leather, leather on and yukatas and stuff like that? Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it, it was neat. I, I liked her neat. designs. Yeah. Um I would probably agree. I think Ikuto's were my favorite. He he did like a and I mean I wouldn't have picked up on this probably as I was watching it, but they, you heard like kind of the judges making comments as the models were displaying his, you know, his outfits. And, uh, it was like a around the world theme. Like he was doing Mm -hmm. different countries. 
Well, um, there was like a, a theme for the show, which is like uh, WA, WA. Mm. So you have to incorporate that in some way. And I forget what each of them called yeah. their, their thing. It was very ambiguous. Like they would, I think Ikuto drew the character for WA and then like colored it in a little bit and then spun it and it looked like a pair of pants. So yeah, he so like, pants was his theme. <laughs> so it was like very loosely based on WA. Yeah. Um, and what was uh Kokoro's was like uh waku waku. Yes. Which I yeah. guess is like happy or like or energetic. It's like energetic, <laughs> yeah. I I really loved uh I loved her show. Mm-hmm. Um seeing Chiyuki have to do all of it mm-hmm. because that was what they agreed. Um, yep. I thought that was really interesting and fun. I can't say I've ever seen a model change on the runway. Uh, I don't know how taboo yeah. that is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was like the way they didn't show her changing very much. The way that they described it was like they were altering the outfits. Like she would, yeah. she'd walk down the runway and walk back. And they had, um, and they made a big point of like the, the whole kind of thing around her was like a lot of people said she couldn't do it because she was too short. And so the way that they presented her was that she was the only model on the stage and they brought racks out with two people like to help her change that were there. But they even made a comment about how the racks were short, like made to be shorter. So Mm -hmm. as to not make her look short. Yeah. Um, It's very clever. Yeah, it was. So basically the whole idea was like, put her out there alone so no one can compare her to anyone else so no one really realizes that she's too short to be a model which yeah. i thought was really neat <laughs> uh-huh. and then to like you know em- to emphasize that point or to, you know punctuate mm-hmm. the, the show having kokoro walk to you know show that yeah despite everyone loving all of these designs that she's putting out the model that she's using is short which is like something people don't yeah think is necessarily okay to see that you know she fooled all these people yeah uh, it was pretty cool i loved it and especially because she kind of she made like a subtle jab at her uh manager too there like the kokoro walked out in the end and she i don't know if it was a jab necessarily but she i think wore a matching suit as her manager like she gave yeah i think it was a jab but i think it Um, was it was like a I don't know what it was. It was an ode to her manager because she talked about how the first thing that her manager said uh, when they met, when she first Mm -hmm. started modeling, was that if a model can look good in a suit, they can look good in anything. Um, Right, right. And so since she looked good in that suit and she gave a suit to her manager that she looked good in, Mm -hmm. she had the potential to be the, you know, the designer that she wanted to be. I guess, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. It, it 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 was really the whole kind of arrangement and the way they did it was really neat. Um, yeah, and the way that they kind of presented, I I wouldn't have known this, but apparently the way that um, runway models walk is pretty tiring. So Chiyuki was like, it was hard for her to keep walking up and down the um, the runway, like you know, because usually the models maybe present a couple outfits of the entire event because they go back, they get changed, they walk it down. But she, the fact that she had to keep walking back and forth, yeah. like she was struggling, but it was like kind of admirable that she was able to do it. So I, I wouldn't have known that apparently runway model walking is tiring, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, 
Before we go into Ayano, I do want to, because we kind of went over Ikuto's yeah. Yeah, that moment. Did. Yes. <laughs> um, Ikuto's family was there and, uh, and they were, they were all, you know, they've all supported him financially and, and he supported them. And it was a really big deal that he was up there and presenting his fashion and realizing his dream. And Ikuto is kind of backstory wise, he had his mom, because they were poor, I think he took old clothes and his mom kind of taught him to do this and repurposed them to be clothes for his siblings and for him. Like he would take his own clothes. I think he was the oldest. So it's probably more him yes. taking his own clothes and repurposing it for his sisters. Uh, so that's kind of how he learned to be a fashion designer, I guess. And so it was just, it was like kind of the culmination of probably an, a lifetime of his mom teaching him, of them supporting each other. Uh, and you just saw that in his family's faces, like as they were watching him, like they all were very emotional. Yeah. Um, except for the mom. Like she was pretty <laughs> stoic until the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <sighs> There's that moment in the end where she uh, she asked, I think, Aoki or Aoi or something, the, the yeah. middle sister to hold the child. And I'm I'm gonna like break down leaving uh -huh. saying it. Um she and she cheer, you know, she's like, great job, Ikuto, and she just starts bawling. And um I was like bawling <laughs> yeah. along with her. Um it was it was powerful. It was a really, really powerful moment. And it they kind of said like uh, the mom was like, I always said I'd never cry in front of you, but this is an exception. And it was yeah. <laughs> Ugh, that was that goes down in a very short list of shows that made me ugly cry. I think that's <laughs> there's like two that I can think of. <laughs> so yeah, that uh, was pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, we're a bunch of softies, Jeff. Yeah, man. Yeah, this thank you though. Thank you for this show. It was no it problem. was any show that makes me that emotional is earns a special place on my list of, of shows. So <laughs> yeah. Um See, so yeah, Ayano show, Toyano. I uh, didn't really care for his design. I think it's too <laughs> too high fashion for me to understand. It looked um, like what you'd see on a fashion show. It's very yeah. like over the top, weird looking. But I mean, I kind of liked that he presented like the over the top like fashion and, show version yeah. with a more wearable version. That was kind of neat. I sure. guess. But. It's just every time I see one of those outfits and, you know, any like even an Ikuto show in Kokoro show, um, I'm like, when <laughs> when do people ever wear these things? Yeah. Like, what what is the point here? Um, this is like a world that we don't understand, I guess, yeah. man. I don't know. High fashion is so <laughs> weird to me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, people went crazy for for Ayano's show. Um, unsurprisingly. Yeah, he had kind of like this internal thing with his grandma that was like his grandma held the record for the most like inquiries after the show, like the most people who wanted to buy his outfits, I guess. Yeah. Um, and he was determined to beat her record. Um, and there was one girl that showed interest in Ikuto that kind of would have, I think. There's like a moment where she was thinking about talking to Ayanu and she was like, nah, I'm OK, I'm good. Um, and she would have been the one that pushed him over the edge to beat his grandma. And he yeah. didn't. <laughs> and I was, I was, I'll be honest. I was happy. I was happy. Yeah. He didn't. <laughs> uh -huh. Um, yeah, I, I was, uh, I think it's interesting that, you know, I've never really thought about how, uh, 
designers get their work out there, but I guess yeah, people come to fashion shows and then bid on uh, you know purchasing the designs that they see. Mm. Uh, so that was kind of an interesting, informative lesson there. Um, but yeah, we uh, we get to find out the results after this. Um, to many people's surprise, uh, Kokoro ends up winning the show. Um, and uh, which makes both Kokoro and Chiyuki very happy. Chiyuki is yeah ecstatic that you know she proved that she can be a, a you know award winning runaway model. Yeah. Um, kind of helping her accept with herself even that this is something that she can do. And of course, Kokoro gets to pursue pursue her dream of uh designing fashion yep so i think it that was the ideal situation like honestly by the time the the awards came up i didn't care like it's like you saw them all do what they wanted to do and you felt like regardless of who won like they they did it but um there was some stakes there because obviously kokoro had made the deal with the manager like if i don't win this then you know i agreed to not do fashion design so it was kind of cool to see her win yeah uh, we come to find out that, well, Ikuto doesn't get top 10. Uh, I think he placed 11th, mm. so he barely didn't get to go on stage, um, <laughs> which is like, he's completely destroyed by this. But <laughs> I had to <laughs> laugh when like the lady announcing the uh, the results is like, you're not even a college student yet. You're still a high schooler. Why are you so distraught about this? <laughs> you really shouldn't be so distraught about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um and then we find out that Ayano would have gotten first, but he pulled himself out of the competition because that wasn't what he was looking for. Uh winning. He just wanted to beat his grandma, which uh he was not able to do. He tied her. Yeah. So So Yeah. So I guess I actually like that. That's kind of how it ended, I guess. Right. I mean, Pretty like much, yeah. you, you see like maybe a couple of them are going to work now for the grandma, I guess. I think like I uh, decided he's going to work for the grandma. and Yeah. And Ikuto it's inquires if he can as well. Mm. Um, I think Chiyuki got work as a model for a high school girl magazine. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. That was cool. Um, yeah, so it kind of the, the season ends on a super satisfactory note, um, but it is a show that I would absolutely love to see more of. Um, I would love I, to see another season of this. Yeah, I really would. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like, you know, me being me, I feel like there's an entire romantic aspect that was just about to kind of come into play. Uh, but never quite made it on the screen. Yeah, Kokoro and Chiyuki, uh, man. I, yeah, I really. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Between, uh, I mean, Kokoro and Chiyuki fighting for Ikuto would be the thing. Uh, yeah. And maybe getting, yeah. Uh, you know. But. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, yeah. On, I'm with you there. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, I, I absolutely love the show. I'm super happy I got to see it. Uh, this was a huge surprise for me i really did not expect to enjoy the show anywhere near as much as i did and uh, 
I was really happy that they ended it with a happy ending. There was a scare for me. There was yeah. a moment, and I still am not 100% sure what they were alluding to here, but they had the manager. It was right after Ikuto's show, and they had the manager and um, the agent from Mill Nige or whatever. Uh, oh, that, um, yeah, what was uh, her name? Regardless, uh, she was Chiyuki's yeah. kind of agent or whatever. Um and they heard what sounded to me like stretchers and they're like, oh my God, what's that? And then like an episode ended or something. And I'm like thinking to myself, did his mom just like fall and like faint or oh. something happened to the mom? And I heard that and I'm in like, thank God I didn't have to wait a week because I was like, are they really going to do that? Such a happy moment in the <laughs> show. And thank God, I don't know what the moment or what the whole, what is that thing was. I'm wondering maybe if it was Kokoro's like the, uh, the racks of clothes that maybe that were being wheeled to the stage i think that's what it was yeah but i was like it sounded like a stretcher to me and i'm like what the hell is that <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no i was super super happy that they ended this on uh you know a, a really really happy note now i would really personally love to see more i don't know where they would go with a second season but i would like to see it because i just love these characters so much i mean they still have so much room to grow mm-hmm. um, i think the I don't know if they close. I think they close the anime with you know the line of like, "This is you know the story of how I become a top a top fashion model in Paris." Yeah, that's this true. This is how I become a a, a top designer. So yeah, because like everyone's goal. everyone's goal was to go to Paris Fashion Week, I guess, or something. So yeah. I guess they still have its yeah. That's the hopefully we get us in the second season and they get one step closer to that. <laughs> yes. Um, let's give this a score, Jeff. Well, I think you probably can tell. For, I, I'm going to let you go ahead. Okay. I'm I'm struggling between uh, <laughs> the scores I, here. But. I, it's between a four and a half and a five for me. Um, That's exactly where I'm at. Yeah, I'm exactly where I'm at. Uh, I, I can't think of anything necessarily that makes it not a five. And I think yeah. what's pushing it to the five for me is really the fact that it drew so much emotion out of me. <laughs> yeah. It's just unusual that a show can do that. Um, it, so, yeah, it did really well in making me invested. <sighs> and yeah. I'll go out on a limb and give it a five, man. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. like I don't feel good giving shows fives, but I feel like this show deserves it. <laughs> yeah, it, it did a lot, and I would completely agree. Yeah, I'm gonna go five as well. I think it's just fantastic. Cool. Thanks. Thank you for thank you for saving me. Because <laughs> honestly, Pet, yeah. I watched like four episodes of Pet and I, it was painful for me to watch that show. And I'm yeah, not saying I, it's a uh, bad show. Maybe it gets something for someone, but it it was just like what the hell is happening on the screen right now? Uh, Total opposite of this show, which this show immediately I was invested in the characters. Pet took four episodes and I didn't know who the hell any of the characters were. So, Yeah, I found your uh, your message to us and said, I literally can't watch Pet. I don't think I've ever disliked three episodes of a show this much. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you saved me. You saved the season for me, man. Yay. I'm glad. <laughs> Carlos, you've been quiet. I'm just, I, I got nothing to him. <laughs> and letting you guys, letting you guys have your discussion. This is going to be pretty much me for a while. Yeah. I mean, uh, the way I, things. Have, I'm done uh, with my shows, but apparently Logan's catching up on them. So yeah, this is going to be a Logan show today. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants that. Um, let's see. So the next one here was a show that none of us drafted, but one that 
uh, me and Eric started watching. It's called The Case Files of Jeweler Richard. Or uh, Hoshihisho Richard Chi no Nazo Kantai. Uh, this is the heartwarming jewel mystery series centered on a handsome jewelry appraiser, Richard Ranashina de Velopian. Uh, and the bright and cheerful college student Seigi Nakata as they uncover the hidden messages that lie within jewels while they solve various jewel-related cases by unraveling the hidden psychological aspects of their owners that lie within the gems. Uh, yeah, I don't know really why we decided to start watching this one, um, but we were both immediately uh, kind of grabbed by the show. Um, I think it looks different than most other shows, character design-wise. Uh, Richard is a very kind of pretty character, um, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, uh, very, uh, I don't know, rich, I guess. He he gives off that kind of vibe. Um, Seigi is a college student um, who, walking home one night, sees Richard kind of being uh, accosted by three drunken guys uh, and saves him. Um, and uh, Seigi finds out that Richard is a jeweler, um, and Seigi has a uh, ring, I think, uh, that his grandma stole a long time ago. Um, and so Seigi contacts Richard um, and to kind of you know, kick off their interaction. He wants to find the owner of this ring so that he can return it. Um, well, that's a thieving grandma. That's an unusual. A thieving grandma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all the kind of the cases in this show um, are pretty interesting. Uh, this one kind of resolves. They find the, the woman who the ring belonged to. Um, we kind of get some backstory about it. Um, and how the ring being stolen actually kind of, I've not saved her life, but changed her life for the better. Um, she was the, the owner of this ring was being forced to marry someone, um, so that her family could get some wealth or something like that. Um, but when the ring was stolen, um, it kind of set things in motion to cancel the marriage. Uh, the woman also <laughs> jumped in front of a train and almost died uh, because the ring was stolen. But after recovering and kind of everything falling apart, she was able to find happiness um, and live her life uh, in the way that she wanted to. So that was cool. Um, and yeah, the rest of the show is kind of these various kind of cases that kind of not cases people come into Richard's uh, jewelry store and they all usually have a story to tell whether they're looking for a certain jewel or they have something that they want to be appraised. Um, so fairly episodic. Each, yeah, fairly episodic. Um, but there is kind of an overarching uh, narrative um, mainly surrounding Richard uh, and why he's in Japan, what he's doing here. Um. <laughs> you know, I, I did. I, I would just slide laugh because I was. I didn't even think that. Like, you know, Richard is a pretty unusual name for like yeah. being American. I was like, oh no, that makes sense. But now I'm thinking about. It, I'm like, oh wait, yeah, you'd be in Japan. Okay, let me uh, <laughs> let me retell you what his name is. Uh, Richard Ranashinha de Volpian. 
Aha. Uh-huh. So, and he's uh, British. Ranashina. Blonde hair, blue eyed. Hmm. Ranashina, yep. So, um, kind of the. Oh, before we go into that, the. Uh, there's one other character that I really want to touch on, which is uh, Shoko Tanimoto, who's a other, another college student that uh, uh, Segi goes to school with, who is super into, uh, you know, jewels and mineralogy and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and uh, they kind of have some interesting episodes. Um, but yeah, Richard, uh, he comes from a wealthy family um well i mean he's british he's british in in an anime so yeah of course yeah yeah for sure yes (laughs) um only the rich british travel (laughs) you hear that steven um apparently his grandparents or his ancestors or something um left a will uh that Apparently there was this giant diamond that was worth like 30 million pounds or something like that. Um, that was like this family heirloom that could only be retrieved if Richard married a traditional um, British woman, like British housewife kind of woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but Richard, when he was younger, was in love with someone else. Um, and things kind of fell apart in that relationship and he blames his family for that. So he kind of disappears. Um, I can't remember. They mentioned so many places and in one place or another, he's kind of living his life um, by selling expensive jewelry for cheap to people. um, But selling inexpensive jewelry for exorbitant prices to uh, rich, rich people. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I dig so it. So he's like, he's a swindler. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and they go, uh, a guy named Saul Aranshinha, um finds him and kind of takes uh, Richard under his wing to kind of not correct him of his ways, but kind of get him back on track uh, in life. Um, and so, Richard, to kind of rid himself of his former family, uh, takes on Saul's last name. And then I think the Volpian is, has something to do with his mother, who was not from uh, Britain. Uh, but yeah, so kind of like the overarching story is resolving that issue um, with Richard having to go back to the UK at some point, Sagi following him. Um, and then figuring out the uh, kind of the mystery behind this diamond um, and the the strife in Richard's family. Um, yeah, I think it's a really interesting show. Uh, I think it does a really good job kind of uh, in an episodic format, exploring characters uh, while, you know, continuing to have characters grow. Um, Tanimoto, the college student, she's an interesting character in that she has a, a personality that she is often uh, pursued pursued romantically, 
Um, but she has no desire to. I don't know. It's hard. Hard. She she doesn't necessarily believe in love, um, which is a kind of a weird thing. Um, and she doesn't believe it when people tell her that they love her. Um, and so she was going through this process of an arranged marriage with some childhood friend that their parents set up. Uh, but the childhood friend knew that, you know, Tanimoto wasn't necessarily into the idea. Um, and he wasn't really into it either. So there's kind of getting Seigi to talk some sense into Tanimoto at one point. Uh, made for a good episode. Um, but yeah. I it was it was a fun show, it was an interesting show. I think they kind of left a bad taste in my mouth with the last episode. Um where early on, I think even in the first episode, we kinda of learned that uh Segi's parents um are divorced, uh and we don't know what happened to the dad. Um his mom has remarried. And in the last episode, uh his you know birth father reappears and he's just a complete and utter scumbag um and like there's this touching moment where Segi's uh you know stepfather kind of like has to step in and you know confront Segi's birth father um and they have you know kind of like a a verbal fight where you know they're just saying that his birth father hasn't been around, so why should he appear now and that kind of stuff. But it just kind of the, the tone of the episode and the way they ended the show was just really bizarre when compared to the rest of the series. Um, I didn't particularly care for that. Um, but yeah, I think the show looked pretty good. Um, I did enjoy the character designs. Um, I don't know what show they remind me of. And I can't think of one, honestly. It was pretty different looking. Uh, the studio for this one was Studio Shuka, uh, who's done, like, uh, Natsume's Book of Friends. I think they've done some Dorara and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I, if you like jewels, if you like small mysteries, um, if you like blonde-haired, blue-eyes British men, <laughs> maybe give this one a look. Because aren't they all? Because aren't they all? <laughs> um, I think I'm going to give this one a three out of five. Okay. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit, uh, but the ending really did leave a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. Okay, let me take a drink of water and I'll. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Logan. <clears throat> okay, next on the list is Haikyuu season four. Um, it's no secret that Haikyuu is one of my favorite anime ever. Um, it's definitely in my top five. Uh, season three was just absolutely incredible. Um, and season four picks up, picks up right where season three leaves off. Um, and in this season, it's kind of a, a build up to the national tournament. Um, they start off by kind of, uh, going to various training camps. Kageyama, uh, the setter for the team gets invited to the, uh, all Japan youth camp, 
um, where all the best players from Japan are meeting up. I think it's something to do with the Olympics. It's like the uh, yeah the All Japan Youth Olympic Team or something like that. Um, and then uh, Suki, the blocker, uh, gets invited to a camp set up by the head coach of Shiratorizawa. Um, and Hinata being competitive uh, and not being invited because he's always overlooked in these kind of things because he's so short. <laughs> um, <laughs> while he wants to crash the All Japan uh, camp, <laughs> he heard that if you do that, you get thrown in jail. So instead, he went and crashed the uh, the one that the Shiratorizawa coach set up. Um, but the Shiratorizawa coach was not having any of it. Um, and he told Hinata that he can stay around, um, but he will not touch the ball uh, in a competition in this camp. If he wants to stay around, he can only be the ball boy. Oh. Um, and so Hinata decides to, you know, commit to, you know, being here, despite it being maybe a uh a detriment in some ways um he is able to make the most of it um he uses it as an opportunity to observe all these other fantastic players um and is even able to share his insight with them as they're practicing uh, and doing these scrims and stuff um it's really kind of cool to see he has to grow from well <laughs> Well, he's always been described as like kind of more animal instinct, uh, that kind of player to finding the cerebral side of him where he's actually thinking and looking at stuff um, and taking that into account into his gameplay. Um, and then, yeah, after the camps are done, uh, it's back to practicing for nationals and then the nationals matches start up. Um, do they, they? I'm gonna assume they don't get all the way through them in one no, season. No, no. So there's actually a second core to this season. Um, in oh, like a split core type of thing. Yeah. So they have 13 episodes now. They're taking a season off, and then next season they'll be back. Okay. Uh, for 13 more episodes. Um. Yeah, it's super hype. Uh, it's just it's more high Q. It's fantastic. The characters are awesome. Uh, some really cool new characters, and I cannot wait for more. Um, everyone should definitely give the show a look because it's just so good. How many matches into nationals do they make it? Um, they play one. Yeah, I, okay. I kind of figured. Yeah, yeah. Like I haven't seen a whole lot of high but I was like, all right. If if they it's... spent that much time on the the camp the training camp thing, then it's probably only like one match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of interesting because season three was eleven episodes, and that was all on one match. Really? Uh, yes. Hmm. Okay. And it's phenomenal. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of handle the second half of this because I'm not sure. I feel like if they were to make it all the way to the finals, they would probably have at least four more matches, if not more. 
Um, so we'll see. We'll see how they handle this. But I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. What do you, What do you think? Um, or how would you? I mean, it sounds like you're you're pretty much like I. I judging by your tone, season three is probably your favorite season. Yeah. I'm, okay. For sure. So, like, where does it? Where does season four rank out of the four seasons thus far? I mean, what what we have of season four? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's good. I mean, it's really good. It's hard to say because it kind of does feel incomplete. Mm, um, fair. Fair, fair. I it definitely there's there was no part of this season where I like stood up and fist pumped and like <laughs> yelled yes um like I did in season 3 or they got me like super emotional like season 3 did um so it definitely doesn't touch season 3 but I think it's a very good stepping stone to what will hopefully be a very very good second half uh of the fourth season so I think I would give it a 4 out of 5 uh for right now um but we shall see. Hopefully, uh, they can keep it up. Okay. Yeah, it's impressive. It's impressive to me to have a sports show with the longevity that Haikyuu's had. Honestly, because for me, most sports shows peter out after you know a little while. They they kind of lose their way, or they lose uh-huh. the ability to make things interesting. At least in my experience, and it sounds like you've been pretty high on this show all the way through. So that's yeah, I think that's why. Like when you when Logan when you said that season three was entirely one match or one uh-huh. um it surprised me because i remember jeff you saying that yoa pedal had a season that was just like one race or like half of a race and and that's kind of where your interest began to wane so yeah it's, it's, it's interesting how uh one kept one of us and the other you know lost a lost like, him, so the, the thing about the third season is they do such a good job of weaving in backstory um and like flashing back to important parts of the previous previous seasons to see to kind of exemplify the growth that these characters mm. are exhibiting um and seeing you know things come to fruition in a way that's just incredible uh against an opponent that's also incredible um yeah i like <laughs> I sound like a broken record, I feel, but this show is just so good, and people really need to give it a look at some point. Yeah, no, it's it. I I need to give it another shot. I think because I've I've tried to pick it up a few times. It never, and not to say it was a bad show, it just never gripped me in the way that it yeah. would need to for me to really sit down and binge it enough to catch up. And um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, each the... time I hear you talk about it, it's like a little more fuel for me to going. <laughs> you know sit back down and watch more of it yeah the the first season does take a little bit to get through it is kind of like that uh typical kind of shonen slog through the first kind of arc where you're meeting everyone and you're annoyed uh annoyed by people and you're like i never want to see this person again please take them <laughs> off the screen yeah yeah um like but, I, the show's probably going to make me like you at some point, but right now I hate your guts. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, yeah. I will say, Suki, one of the the characters, and that was like that is he. I've said it before. He's got one of the the best character arcs I've seen in an anime. It's awesome. just incredible. So, yeah, give this one a look. 
Cool. Okay. <laughs> you know the best part is is even like even the show that like all three of us watched it's your show <laughs> i know yeah i know so it's funny because like i made that comment and that kind of joke about how i didn't realize you know runway models you know had to work hard to walk down the runway and here you you uh-huh. know people are probably like god come on you're just podcasting i can't be that hard my mouth is so dry <laughs> no it really is guys to talk to talk for you know, constantly for several hours is not I, easy. I think that's that's one of the, the things I'm more excited about our new format is that, uh, you know, uh, we'll be talking more with each other. Yes. <laughs> because it, yeah, it, I've always thought that I struggle uh, as an myself. individual reviewer. Same. Because yeah. I hate, like one of the things I hate, and I'm kind of hoping maybe we can change the way that we do this in the future. I don't like going beat for beat through an anime story in a review yeah yeah i same. feel like it's a waste of time mm-hmm. that, that's uh, why i was having problems with fate go earlier as, as yeah. you know some of you could could definitely hear uh, and and we'll i mean we're we're, yeah, we're always we growing this podcast so sure. i mean um and and that's another thing too is i i feel bad staying silent that's why i, I but you know sometimes you just you don't have anything to add and you're like sure God, I really want to say something, but what the fuck do I say? <laughs> That's why it's good for yeah. like something like Haikyuu because I know, you know, we we've been doing this podcast for so long. Hell, I think I think we did review. I mean, you reviewed Haik, uh, season, yeah, three. season three. Yeah, yeah, so I very clearly don't remember that review very well. <laughs> it was so long ago, but um, but yeah. Uh, all right, now that we've stalled, <laughs> let's, yep. let's okay. continue. The next show that we have on the list here is a show that I drafted, um, Inspector, uh, which or uh, Kyoko Suri. The synopsis for this one: At the young age of eleven, Kotoko Iwanaga has uh, was abducted by yokai for two weeks and asked to become their god of wisdom, a mediator between the spirit and human worlds. To which the girl quickly agreed, but at the cost of her right eye and left leg. Now, six years later, whenever yokai wish for their problems to be solved, they make their way to Kotoko for consultation. Meanwhile, Kuro uh, Sakuragawa, a 22-year-old university student, has just broken up with his girlfriend after he fled alone when the two encountered a kappa. Uh, Seeing this as her chance to become closer with him, Kotoko immediately makes her move, hoping to get married to Kuro one day. However, she quickly realizes there is something more to Kuro. Uh, That synopsis is... What the hell? I, that, <laughs> she lost that, her left eye and right leg, and they're yes. encountering kappas. And wow, that's so, interesting. Yeah, they, the <laughs> kind of her story is that yeah, she was abducted by a yokai. Um, they asked her to be the god of wisdom for them. She agreed, and they took her right eye and left leg. And she was found on a bench two weeks later, um, wow. with a you know bleeding, uh, but like with a stump uh, for her left leg, and yeah, no right eye. Did she know that she was given that up when she agreed? Um, I don't think she did. Yeah. Uh, but she was able to come to terms with it fairly quickly. Okay. Huh. Um, Full Metal Alchemist yeah. stuff right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the second half of that synopsis talking about Kuro um, is pretty much false. Uh, Kuro is not something... Hmm. They say that he fled alone when him and his former girlfriend encountered a kappa. That is entirely false. It is actually that the kappa fled from him. Because Kuro is considered a monster to the yokai, 
because Kuro, at a young age, uh, due to his family, um, consumed a mermaid and a... Oh, what was the other thing? Oh, damn it. It was some other form of yokai. Um, because his family is pretty messed up. Um, and so Kuro uh, cannot get hurt by anything. Anytime he gets cut or anything like that, he heals right away. Um, and he is able to predict the future um, in a form or fashion. Um, so since he is someone who has eaten yokai before, the yokai actually fear him. Uh, and they hate being around him. So what happened with him is, is uh, his former girlfriend, Saki, uh, upon finding out that, one, the kappa ran away from him, and two, uh, when he got hurt, uh, he healed right away. She was kind of freaked out and decided to break up with him and moved away. Um, and Kotoko, knowing what he was, uh, approached him. Um, though she very much is in love with him. <laughs> she really uh, does have feelings for him. Um, asked Kuro to go out with, uh, with her, um, which he denies. Um, but Kotoko reveals that she knows what he is. And uh, their first kind of encounter together with uh, a yokai is um, Kotoko kind of instructs Kuro to go to the library if she doesn't or if he doesn't believe the story that she told him of her becoming the god of wisdom for the yokai. So he goes to the library uh, where he meets Kotoko uh, and they find out that there is a yokai that's kind of gone out of control there uh, that Kotoko needs to mediate with. Um and Kuro kind of helps her uh, with that situation. Um, the second kind of situation is there is a um, snake yokai, god, like a demigod kind of yokai, um, at this lake that uh, requests Kotoko's guidance. Um, so Kotoko kind of goes up there. She tries to drag Kuro along. Uh, Kuro... <laughs> he he really doesn't he, he puts on the air that he doesn't want anything to do with her um, but he kind of secretly follows her up there um, and we kind of find that this show is a kind of a a mystery show um, that's heavy on the dialogue there's a lot of kind of talking between characters in the show um, so the the premise with the snake is that a body was found in the lake um, and the snake wants to know why this woman dumped the body in the lake, in his lake. And uh, Kotoko kind of, after gathering some evidence, goes up there and presents her theories uh, to kind of satisfy the uh, desire to know that this uh, snake demigod has. Um, it's an interesting kind of... Uh, I don't know, way of doing things because the, it's not necessarily the truth that she has to uh, supply to the one seeking her guidance. She just has to present things in a way that's believable. Like just so like a kind satisfactory of, answer? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. And so it's kind of her kind of going through various scenarios um, and kind of you know working their way through this murder mystery in this case. Mm. Um, 
until the snake god is satisfied. When you when you say like it's really like conversation based, I'm imagining uh-huh. like um like Monogatari. I mean, but maybe with kind of. maybe with like slower slower talking. Slower talking, yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm, all right. Um. But so this happens, and then there's a time skip. Oh, okay. A, in, a, uh, in a 12 episode, 13 episode? Yes. Wow, okay. I think there was a two-year time skip, something like that. Um, so Kotoko was 17, now she's 19. Hmm. I think Kuro's now 23. So um, old. <laughs> so old. In anime yeah. terms. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and we are taken to a different city. Uh, I forget the name of the city, um, but we find out that it's where Saki, um, Kuro's former girlfriend, is now a police officer. Um, after she finished school, that's where she went. Uh, and there is this rumor going around about this um, ghost called... Oh, shit. It's like... <sighs> Steel... like steel ghost nanase or something like that um apparently it's this ghost um of this former idol karen nanase um who not karen nanase was killed by falling steel beams that crushed her face um and so this ghost uh appears in the idol outfit of karen nanase um with a steel beam and no face and kind of walks around the city, uh, causing disruptions. Um, like some dude like drives off the road because she's in the middle of the road, and there have been other sightings and stuff like that. Um, and so Saki's walking home from work one day, um, and encounters Kotoko as Kotoko's kind of falling down this hill. Um, Saki catches her, uh, and before both of them appears. Uh, the steel, um, steel beam carrying ghost Nanase, um, and it's kind of uh, the rest of the show is figuring out what the ghost is, how the ghost works, and who's in control of it, and how they can get rid of it. Um, and it's really a fascinating kind of uh, uh, mystery, uh, especially with how they go about uh, kind of uh, defeating the ghost. Um, <laughs> it's You're going to love it. The way they defeat the ghost is they have to... The, the ghost is a manifestation of people's uh, wishes, desires, and curiosity about uh, Karen Nanase's death. Hmm. Um and she was kind of given shape and form by a woman named Rika uh, Sakuragawa, who is Kuro's older cousin, um, who also consumed uh, Mermaid and I think it's Koban, I think is the other yokai. The, the Mermaid gives them immortality, and then the Koban gives them the ability to see the future. Um and they had to be eaten in tandem because the, the Koban, in order to see the future, um, gives up its own life. So uh, 
their ancestors seeking the power to know the future but not die from it um, tried eating mermaid and the Koban together uh, but it usually kills most people except for Kuro and Rika apparently um, but yeah so Rika makes this ghost uh, the people on the internet who love to chat about it kind of give it its uh its life and so in order to defeat it uh kotoko kind of has to go onto this online message board and convince the masses that it's not what it appears to be <laughs> okay um, yes <laughs> it's kind of a, a wild and weird way to go about it <laughs> um but i absolutely love what they do with the show uh it's just it's so interesting so while she's trying to convince all these people while by having like a forum discussion uh sitting in the back of this car kuro is outside the car fighting um the steel beam wielding ghost of uh karen Nanase, um and getting killed over and over again um in order to kind of affect the future because in order to for kuro and rika to have you know try to get the future they want by predicting it because the the futures that uh the koban predicts usually come true and so with that power they can predict futures that they want to come true <sighs> and so in order to predict the future they have to die but they can't die uh, because they have the mermaid, mermaid in them. yeah yeah so and you know so they kill themselves in quotes uh predict the future that they want and then they come back to life. Um, and so while Kuro's doing that, Kotoko's trying to weaken the ghost by uh, being an internet warrior. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, I, I don't want to... <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It was not at all what I expected the show to be. Um, but I thought it was super fascinating and i had a lot of fun watching it um and i like more kind of wordy shows um so it was fun to kind of see the thought process behind all these different like uh theories that she has and the way she goes to try and you know convince people that this is how it is um yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say really <laughs> other than that. I don't know what to ask with that. Yeah. <laughs> Except for what the hell. <laughs> I mean, it's, it does sound interesting. I mean, like the like, talking through certain things. Uh, but yeah, that yeah. ending part. Uh, uh-huh. I'm not sure what to make of that without actually seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Kotoko as a character. I think she's hilarious. Um, she's... <laughs> Her and Kuro are dating, technically, pretty pretty much. Though every time, uh, you know, someone asks or Kotoko tries to do something, you know, all lovey dovey with him, he like denies it. Um, but they are they are a couple in the show, so that was cool. Um, Kotoko is, is like, she says some really kind of vulgar stuff every once in a while. Like uh, when Saki first meets Kotoko by catching her when she's falling down that hill, um, Saki asks Kotoko if she's all right. Um, <laughs> Kotoko's like, can 
compared to being deflowered, this was nothing. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. I mean, not wrong. Um, I mean, yeah, there's one one line that's just incredible or after they kind of uh, defeat the ghost. Um, Koto goes over to Kuro with some bananas and gives him a banana. Um, and Kuro's like, no, you just used, you know, a lot of like brain power. You probably need the banana more than I do. And she's like, no, no, just eat this. But let me partake of your banana later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, she's fantastic. She's a great character. Um, Brainspace is the studio that did this one. Uh, the animation was pretty good. Um, Brainspace is done. Let's see. After School Babysitters. I like that one. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that one a lot. They've done a bunch of stuff. Uh, one Week Friends. Uh, yeah, I... If you like mystery shows, uh, I think this one is definitely worth a look. I think there's some really good humor in it. Um, I think the animation's good. I think the characters look great. Um, I didn't really talk much about Saki, but Saki's a really good character as well. Um, I wasn't expecting her to come back, uh, but she played a pretty big part in the, the last, you know, seven, eight episodes, however long the arc was. Um, apparently this was based on a novel, uh, which explains kind of the dialogue heavy, you know, aspect of it. Um, apparently there was only the one novel that was made, but there's more manga that has been made since. So they like transitioned into manga after the, the novel. Hmm. Uh, so hopefully there will be more. Right on. Any questions? Concerns? Uh, I I think I have nothing but questions, but I think I would have to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it's worth watching. Um, I would probably give this one a four out of five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a very good anime season for me. Yeah. It definitely sounds like something I'd be curious to watch. And I do like the character designs and stuff. It's a good Mm -hmm. looking show. So. This this is yeah. on my list of like, you know, if I have some time to watch an extra show, this might might be something I check out. Yeah, I hadn't completed the show when uh, you had asked for a show mm-hmm. um, for dropping pet, but this probably would have been the one that I would have actually recommended to you. Oh, okay, because it seems more up your alley. But yeah, I'm glad you watched Runway. Yeah, me too. Cool. Well, maybe I'll have to check this one out too, just because yeah. I, I do genuinely like the designs a lot and that's kind of attracted me to want to watch it. So cool. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Last one <laughs> for this episode. Um this is also a show that I drafted. <laughs> um, and that is Oshiga Budokan Itekuretara Shinu, or the English title. Um, if my favorite pop idol made it to the Budokan, I would die. Uh, synopsis for this one. Arripio is an extreme idol fan. She is wildly enthusiastic, enthusiastic about Mina, the shy and lowest ranking member of the minor underground idol group Cham Jam that performs in Okayama Prefecture. Uh, Aerie will continue to give her complete devotion to Mina until the day she can perform at Budokan. I like I, oh. I I like the the that synopsis because it's like 
until I'm like, oh, I don't think yeah. she'd stop there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that... well, no, because because that's when she dies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she that, actually will die. That's true. Yeah, she she does explicitly say that. Yes. Oh, rip you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this the man. This anime. Um, I don't even really know where to begin. So yeah, there's this group, uh, Cham Jam, who's uh got what six members seven members yeah like an underground kind of idol group eight that's eight. eight members it's eight because they, they talk about how uh how they have even members so there's not mm-hmm. never really like a true center even though you know rayo is the center yeah i'm just i'm looking at this image and there's only seven of them on stage and I'm trying to figure out who's missing i should i should say i think you kind of alluded to this earlier but yeah, we we all three of us, of course, watched the show about idol fans. <laughs> like, what did you expect? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that is all of them. That is that is, that is only seven. Hmm. I swear, yeah, that, I, thought, I swear they I had an even was number. Eight. Yeah. Maybe not. Oh no, we're thinking of twenty two seven. That has eight. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yep. <laughs> yep. Two idol shows yep. this season. Yeah, because there's three up front, four in the back. That's how they do things. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. They have the the. Okay. Are, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the the idol group. I'll just go through all of the characters. Um, there's uh, Rayo, who is the center of the group. Um, there's uh, Sorane, uh, who wears blue. There's a uh, Maki who wears yellow. Um, Sorane is kind of. I guess I should kind of describe the character. I don't know. She's like the cool type. She's like the Um, flirty cool type. Yeah. Yeah. Flirty cool type. I liked her quite a bit. Me too. Um, Maki is kind of the the beauty type. uh, The cool beauty. Um, There's Yumere. Yumeri. Sorry. uh, Who wears purple. She's blonde and kind of the shy type, I Mm -hmm. guess. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's yuka she wears light blue and she's the uh she's like the sadistic type like the yeah you know the the one who says kind of mean things uh but to yeah. kind of get a rise out of the crowd or out of the other idols. Uh-huh. i actually liked yuka yeah, she was my cool. favorite was but funny. i liked her yeah yeah uh there's aya she wears green she's like the little sister type mm. that's best girl um, for me <laughs> oh yeah she was pretty great uh and then there's mina uh who's like the super shy kind of like introvert she type. just kind of yeah she melts into the background she doesn't really stand out much i really i love mine <laughs> mine is fantastic yeah i mean yeah it was hard not to love mine for sure she yeah she was the one obviously um well i say obviously we didn't really get to that but she's the one that gets the most attention certainly uh yeah for sure well yeah just purely because ripio exists right. um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's Cham Jam. Uh, I actually think they're a really good idol group. I think we only get like what two songs or something from yeah. them. Yeah, unfortunately. So unfortunately, yeah. like the show's not about them. Like it's they're yes. I actually know. say then, fortunately. Like this. It's, I, it's, oh it's, my god, it's, no! It's, it's such a it's such a nice like kind of change of pace. Uh, I yeah. agree with Jeff. It is unfortunate that the show is not just about them. It, it follows. <laughs> it actually follows like the fans. I I like it because and the the fans I, are very realistic i mean i don't and i don't want to say i would i I actually liked the balance because it did there were moments and episodes that were that followed the idols and their kind of their internal 
dynamic. Um, but yeah, overall, it was mostly the fan. I, I mean, yeah, I don't. I, I guess I don't mean unfortunately in the way that it, like I hated the fan part, but I, I didn't hate the fan part. Yeah. I liked Kumasa, uh, who was a Rayo stan. I thought he was interesting, and I think he kind of fits. <laughs> he fits Carlos and Steven the best as uh, <laughs> idol fans. He's a very um, stereotypical, I think. Um, yeah, idol fan. At least from my my stereotype of an idol fan, Kumasa fits sure. pretty much perfectly. Yeah, uh, there's Matoy, who's kind of who was casual at first, and but really latched on to Sorene, who I think I probably identify with the most out of the idol fans. Um, there's his younger sister Reina. Um, and then there's just the absolute disaster of a human being that is Arripio. Oh, see, I liked Arripio. I, I liked her a lot, too. Uh, I, I hate Arripio. Oh. I hate her so much. She was the main character, so unfortunately, you got a lot of Arripio. Uh-huh. Uh, I I I love I I mean I I will say I do I like I I agree I identify way more with Kumasa, uh, mm-hmm. but I I know people who are like <laughs> Edipio I won't name names but I do know people like that um maybe not to that extent I think that this show was like I have a hard time believing that anyone is that insane oh trust me I I've <laughs> seen I've seen people cry over idols I've seen grown men cry over idols. I just cannot bring myself to believe that someone like Arippio actually exists. I mean, not not obvious. I mean, I mean, this 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 takes that and is like a you know, yeah. she's a caricature. It, yeah, she's a caricature. I mean, there are people that are kind of like that. Though. I I don't think there are people who would work as many part time jobs as she did to buy that many CDs. For yeah, her. I mean, but let's, but people let's will get buy. In- yeah. Let's get into why she like who Arippio is. So like, I mean, it starts out with her. She she seems like a normal kind of adult. Mm. Uh, yep. And she She's comes corrupted a- by idols. Yeah, <laughs> she comes across Jam Jam just like doing a little mini live like out in the middle of a park or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she sees Mina. I think Mina winks at her or waves at her. I think. And uh, this is the first episode, and and she falls in love, and that was the beginning of the end for Ripio. <laughs> yeah, um, that that was the beginning of her Wota career with with Kumasa. Um, and uh, and then we basically get an, you know, and I'll let you kind of walk through as much as you want, Logan, as far as kind of the what happens with the show. But basically, episode by episode, we follow these fans, uh, Ripio being kind of the center, but you know, Kumasa, Ripio, and Matoi. Um, and they're following these idols, uh, you know, going after new merch, trying to get new handshake tickets, uh, trying to, Yeah, you know. I, I, I feel like they do a pretty good job of uh, showcasing idol fandom. Mm. Um, especially, I mean, I don't really have experience with, like, uh, I don't know, how you say it, like smaller idol groups like this. Yeah. yeah Ch- Chica um, idol groups or underground idol yeah. groups. Yeah. Underground idol groups. Um, but from, you know, my small experience in the world of idols, um, <laughs> spending insane amounts of money for things like uh, concert tickets or, mm. you know, the chance that a concert ticket, I've never done a handshake event, so I can't really speak to that. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I, Love Live doesn't do a handshake. I mean, actually, fortunately, yeah, I wouldn't want to put them in that kind of danger. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
but I I did find that aspect of the show really interesting and fun to see. Yeah, um, I loved every minute that we got of the idols um, and them kind of working through the various problems that they have, uh, their hurdles with the group and individually, um, their relationships and stuff like that. Uh, I I found it all fascinating. Yeah, and fun. A lot of the kind of plot, though, was was around Arripio and and Mina, and Mina, kind of being as shy as she is, Arripio is a hardcore about, and that's kind of what we were alluding to earlier. She is about as hardcore as you could possibly imagine, mm-hmm. uh, as far as like how much she loves and is just obsessed with Mina, um, and I mean to the point that she wears a tracksuit to every. Basically, every every moment you see her practically in this show, she's wearing a tracksuit that is the color of Mina's, which is like a salmon color. Which salmon is, pink. Well, yeah. one, of the, one of the best parts is like sometimes like she'll be wearing another outfit, but you can see under that outfit the fucking <laughs> tracksuit. It's like, wow. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. And yeah, she's hardcore. She, and it's basically like she, because this is a small idol group, like the hardcore fans actually kind of have relationships with their favorite idols because they show up to all the events and they see them at the handshake events and they get to talk to them. And um, it seems like Arripio and Mina are just on such completely different wavelengths. Like they are so, I think Arripio is so nervous when she's talking to Mina that she can never get her point across. And Mina's so shy that she can never really say what she wants to say. And it's kind of frustrating because on an episode by episode basis, you'll basically watch their handshake event. And before they can kind of, you see inside both of their minds, like the stuff they want to say, but they don't really say it. And before they can say it or before they get their point across, the guy who is like truly the, the, the worst villain you yeah. know throughout the show he's like time's up he's holding his watch and he's um and and uh Damn stops you, on oh my god staff's on was like it's the worst antagonist like they're, ever they're jipping Arripio on her tickets oh my like, god she gives him like 30 tickets and she gets like five seconds if i were her i would just give one ticket and keep going back to the beginning of the line or something yeah, yeah it's not like, like and that's the, that's another thing is mina is, is like the least popular idol in the group so i mean it's not like she would have to um like stand in a long line but so it's funny Any too. Line at all. Yeah, there was really never a line. But what was so funny is like they kind of alluded to the fact that because Arripio is so hardcore, it's not that people don't like Mina. They're like afraid to be a Mina fan because <laughs> <laughs> Arripio scares them away. When, when your Woda is way too hardcore. Um, no, no. I mean, like, but she and she is like again uh, a caricature, like of mm-hmm. like the most extreme of like the the like one percent of of fans who are that like ridiculous and can can afford to be that ridiculous. Um, but I did appreciate like there are times when like she'll calm down and we get to like see her thoughts or she'll say stuff and like I mean I think one of the things and or especially when she's talking to Kumasa and, and uh, Matoy about like their thoughts on idols um mm-hmm. especially just like uh, like i'll never forget like they say something like i'm just happy that they're alive and i'm like you know what yeah. i fucking get that yeah like i, I see you know i count i'm like god damn it i'm just glad you're alive <laughs> yeah uh it's it's i i don't know i i just i really appreciated all the like because a lot of the sentiments like i share like i'm glad I'm glad Love Live, because like you said, Logan, like Love Live does, has made us pay stupid amounts on the ch- on the chance of a ticket. But at the very least, we've never had to buy multiple 
multiples of CDs for like a handshake event or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like you can buy multiples of like the love live stuff, but don't. Don't fucking do that. You you will bankrupt I mean, I've yourself. I've seen so many people on Twitter buy like twenty or thirty Blu-rays just for the the ticket. Yeah. I mean yeah. those are, I mean to enter the lottery. But I mean like how much how much more tempted would you be if that lottery was in CDs? And how many CDs would you be like <laughs> at, at the very least it's like for you know for rational people you're like all right I'm going to buy the Blu-ray anyway. Cool. It comes with a ballot. You know, the only one that I can say I was, I'm like, and, and I don't regret getting it because it was either mine or, or Steven's that got us the ticket. But mm-hmm. I, I like, I was really shaky about buying the, you know, the, the big, you know, Love Live Blu-ray box set because I was like, I have all of this already, except for yeah. the, like the concerts. I don't need any of it. Uh, and it would be cheaper just to buy the concerts, but I'm glad I bought it. Like that's the only time I can ever say, yeah. I I I was a little bit worried about whether or not you know it was a it was a a good investment or something I was actually going to want. I mean, other than like in, in this show, I think what we haven't really displayed as much is because we're almost making it sound pathetic, and and you know depending on the way you look at it, maybe it is, but they never really project it that way. It's really like them they're they're just so passionate about this idol group and these girls that they are willing to do pretty much whatever it takes to support them and that's really what it comes across as a support but i think we're not really able to convey as much as how funny this show is Mm -hmm. at least for for at least for me at least for i think someone who it has been exposed to idol fan culture and sees, you know, understands maybe some of the what are inside jokes in some cases. Oh, God, but. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, uh, I, I laugh so hard when, uh, Irupio and Kumasa find out that Motoy is, is like romantically interested in Sorane mm. <laughs> because they're like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, I think like all the idol groups that I follow and stuff like that, I think the girls are gorgeous. And if you ask me like, would you want to date one of them? I go, absolutely. But I, I don't think that's a possibility. I, I don't want to say, yeah. I don't want to be mean to like Matoy or anybody else like that. I don't delude myself in thinking that it's even, <laughs> even in the realm of possibility where he's like that kind of fan. And I know those kind of fans. So it's like, it's, it, it is, it, there's a lot Not of inside of jokes. Do you think it's in the realm no. of possibility? <laughs> you know what? You know what, Logan? I'm cheering for you. I can if, dream. If, if I can dream. I, I'm cheering for you. I, I hope you do get together with Suawa. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate your support in this trying time. <laughs> uh, the, uh, yeah, I mean, it, and but you also see the relationship with them because these handshake events and they actually do, like, Motoy is probably Sorane's number one fan. And he goes up and she recognizes him when he goes up and they have a conversation and they Mm. know each other. And it's like, I could see someone like Motoy being more possible in that environment because it's a small idol group. They see each other all the time. They actually kind of do have a relationship. A large idol group definitely seems a little less likely, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, that is one thing that I I, like... I, I do, you know, I would like to, to, you know, for a little bit of my life, live and work in another country again. Uh, mm. And Japan would be nice. Uh, but man, getting into the underground idol scene might bankrupt me. <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of thing would kill me. But yeah, no, it, it is it is definitely a different idol fandom than we're used to. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you know, we could still appreciate a lot of the the inside humor and, and stuff like that. Um, having I feel, been yeah. there. Like, I feel like we're 
totally off track, but I don't know that this is really a show that's very easily spoken about in a linear manner. So it's like, sure, you know, there's just all every episode is a little bit different. It kind of addresses a different topic uh, of idol culture, and it's hard. It's hard to really like. Aya. I, I think like Aya is the one that I said was my best girl. She's like the little sister character. She was worked in a maid cafe. And so they would go and see her at the maid cafe. And there was like a difference between seeing her as a maid and seeing her as an idol. And it was like interesting how they uh, addressed that. Um, and I liked also how there was like the whole drama around like uh, Mina thought thought for a little while there that maybe Arepio was uh, – you oh, know, was it was changing, was switching oh, changing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, I, I think the the, the thing that kind of I like that tied the two the the fan stories and the idol stories together is mm-hmm. is through that we also got to see uh, Aya was at like because at that time the story was Aya was trying to gain popularity because she was sick of being in the back line. Yeah, uh, and then they had like the you know the elections and stuff like that or the popularity poll or whatever they called it and and um, I like. He, like Aya's character, I think, actually did progress pretty well because, like, even in the last episode when they're going toward to the Idol Fest, um, there, <coughs> she's she's the one who's like, you know, we need to work hard because I'm a I'm sick of being in the back and b I'm sick of, you know, being a cheek idol group. Um, yeah, <laughs> I really didn't like that. Like, we're skipping all the way to the end, but I really did not like that girl from the like what the. Uh... the one with the reindeer idols, oh, the yeah. blonde haired yeah, girl. Yeah. She's she seemed like a real like mean person, but <laughs> the way that she kind of was rubbing it in Rio's face that like she was more successful, kind of subtly. I don't know. I I really did not like her at all. Yeah, I didn't like her either. Yeah. Um, and the whole Rio Kumasa dynamic. Um, like Kumasa was my favorite part of the show. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, like Kumasa had a had supported rio from a previous group um and he basically said i'm going to support you all the way to budokan um like you know i i want you to to be successful and he is the best part of that it like is not just like although but like when he's you know because we get the backstory and he's like one day i'm gonna make you number one i'm gonna make you the center and and like the the time when he does and then like her birthday concert i was like oh dude kumasa you're my (laughs) dude dude yeah. I'm right there with you. I would 100% do that for like my best girl in, in yeah. any idol group. Yeah. So. Yeah. He was just so dedicated and you always saw him and, and, you know, he was the more kind of down to earth. I, I want to say down to earth. Like he wasn't as hyperactive as a repio. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He just, which is really, what made him tolerable. <laughs> I, I like, I can understand maybe a repio getting on, on someone's nerves i i just found her funny i guess uh, like i thought like kind of the it was like when you watch looney tunes or something and the people are you know doing ridiculous completely off the wall stuff like that's what Arepio was to me and you know the fact that she was literally like physically harmed a lot of the time because of how overboard she was going for her <laughs> oh, um but yeah kumasa was like just yeah like you said earlier logan kumasa kind of reminded me of a steven or a carlos like who just someone who basically has eyes for their favorite when he's watching them on stage and like (laughs) (laughs) um will like support them you know yeah like and he he seemed it was like a um Motoy was kind of like the like you had mentioned carlos he was the fan that like had romantic interest in his favorite uh 
Eripio was just obsessed with her favorite and Kumasa looked at his favorite like uh, almost like a father like a daughterly kind of like I'm going to support you and make you the best you can be kind of which is weird to say daughter but you know it's kind of a similar dynamic I feel like the way he um supported her I suppose mm-hmm. but it's kind you of know. a unique thing to idols it's like weird to say daughterly but it's the closest it's the closest kind of connection I can come to, I guess. That is that <laughs> I, I remember reading something that that is that is supposed to be one of the draws. So and it works too because he's also in his mid thirties. So uh, okay. you know yeah. he's quote, he's a quote unquote old man in anime terms. Yeah. I, I, I I'm fine identifying with him. I'm also in my thirties, not quite my mid thirties <laughs> yeah. yet, but getting there. I, no surprise that we all identify with him then. <laughs> not to say Logan that you're in your thirties, but I know you're getting pretty close. <laughs> I'll be there someday. Don't worry. <laughs> but, but yeah, th- there was just a lot of little moments like that that I I think really endeared me too. Uh, and and again, the, just the, just the whole f- the fan dynamic I thought was great. I love I love the one where they went to the um they went and slept at the manga cafe because they thought there was the oh, show. Oh and- God, that's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, this is yeah. If you're not like following us, because I feel like we're not we're not doing like a good job of really framing this entire show, but it feels like it's a really hard show to frame. Um, It it really is just, it's a show that if you have any interest in, um, and then not even, you know, like anime idol culture, just like if you have been exposed to, or have any interest in idol culture, I feel like this show does a really good job of creating like a very humorous take on what it, the the ins and outs of being an idol fan, a hardcore yeah. idol fan, I guess. But there's also some serious parts of the show, yeah, like uh, Serrano's, uh scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is she with a, a boy? No, turns out it's just <laughs> Matoy's younger sister Reina, who just looks like Sorane. Which is funny um, too, because like his favorite idol, it looks almost identical to his little sister, <laughs> his sister yeah. <laughs> who he's in love with. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I also really appreciated kind of the uh yuri side of things ah, uh, yes. specifically between maki and yumuri mm-hmm. um and i feel like they really kind of hint strongly that sarane and reo or at least that sarane has feelings for reo um at least that was my take yeah on some i could stuff. i could kind of see that i, I mean I, I i that wasn't my initial reaction but now that you mention it yeah i, I could definitely see that yeah especially later um, on or especially i'm sorry mm-hmm. uh well i guess kind of later on in the backstory yeah yeah yeah, yeah the backstory yeah, yeah, yeah i could yeah. kind of see it Definitely more with the other two, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's like not even a 100%. question. <laughs> if, if you don't see that, you were a blind man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, fun characters, fun show. Um, it looked really good, too. Oh, I absolutely God. The whole, adore the whole way through, how yes. this show looks. Yeah. I liked the um, OP and ED a lot, music-wise. Um, I... The... Um, you know, we didn't really get to see them perform much, which was kind of disappointing. Uh, they didn't really didn't really go with that direction. It feels like they they there were times where they would, you know, we just wouldn't get to see him perform. It would kind of skip the actual music part of the show sometimes, which kind of yeah, you know, it's a little disappointing. But I guess it wasn't really about that. I'm curious, Logan, for you, how mm. you because I I know how you are and wanting kind of relationship closure how frustrating uh-huh. it was for you the mina aripio dynamic i i 
just can fucking not. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, because it was definitely frustrating, like made to be frustrating, I think, to like, I thought it was a little interesting, like the whole Mina, Mina like loves Arripio. Like, yes, she, she, I don't know. I don't really know if I could pinpoint if like it was like wants to be her girlfriend love or if they or how it was because like it was uh, hard. Yeah. I don't think I, that I one. don't think it was romantic. Yeah, no. yeah. It, it's more but like an appreciation. She, yeah, I think she she loves like maybe like family or like a mm. very very close friend. She wants Arippio around, and she wants Arippio to know that she, yeah, you know, cares deeply for her. Um, Gosh, like she never. God. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you say and it. Honestly, like. <laughs> Every time it felt like there was about to be, you know, something good. Like they're they're finally gonna say what they want to say. Either Arripio puts her foot in her mouth, or that stopwatch guy times out. <laughs> and it was just infuriating. So like I can see that. I can also it created some really funny moments too. Like it would be like Arippio was talking about like I don't know like how her spleen was in pain or something, and Mina would be like, "There's Arippio talking about her organs Internal again." Organs again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like seeing like whenever they were at that handshake event and kind of seeing back and forth what they're thinking and what's actually coming out of their mouths. It, it while on one hand it was frustrating because you wanted to see them kind of get their point across to the other hand it actually did create some really funny moments <laughs> um yeah i mean you got a little bit of closure at the end though like finally mino yeah they finally they finally did say what they wanted to say mm -hmm. which thank god for that yep and it might um, it looks like there might be more um i hope so because i mean spoilers but i mean you know based on the show it talks about you know them going to Bodicon and and they didn't get anywhere i mean okay actually <laughs> I was going to say they don't get anywhere near. Well, I mean, technically, Eripio, Kumasa, and Motoi go to Bodokan. Uh, the idols yeah. go to the fucking wrong place. <laughs> the wrong <laughs> yes. I thought that was actually pretty pretty amusing uh, that yeah. the idols wouldn't know where the hell it was. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's kind of a hint that uh, that we might get more in the future. And I, I, I more just kind of like uh, deep like dives into you know idol fandom i'm i'm never going to say no to i would appreciate uh more uh performances but i don't you know honestly I, when it, coming into the show i kind of figured that's not where they were going to go with it but i mean it'd yeah. be kind of uh, if the next season is going to be the last one where they go, actually do go to Bodokan, i would appreciate a, a performance at least at Bodokan. yeah um, Mm -hmm. Probably not, though, honestly. <laughs> where where I feel like this show had a lot of heart was when the like at the Idol Festival, um, it really did a good job, I felt, of building up a lot of these idols, you know, throughout the show on the side while it was focusing more on the fans. Like, you kind of got to know the idols a lot. And um, I really want to see Rayo rub that freaking blonde idol with the <laughs> reindeer antler's face. And like, I, I just want to see that blonde girl get like mm -hmm. beat by Rayo. <laughs> like, um, I really want to see that. Real like kick quick. But uh, uh, did you guys notice any of the names for the because like, they, like, the, you know, the uh, Cham Jam is on at, at like at like 3 yeah, p.m. Five or yeah, whatever. Uh, and uh, there were ones before that. The very first idol group is called 
Woomans. It's W-O-O-O-M-A-N-S. <laughs> yes. I I couldn't get over that when I saw that. I was like, why? It's like Woomans. <laughs> was it Milky Honey was the one that was really popular, I think, or something oh, I don't, like that? I don't, something like that. Yeah, I don't remember what they were called. Um but yeah, yeah, I, I, I liked, I, I did, I mean, aside from that silly nonsense, I did enjoy the last episode where, you know, and we didn't mention, but the, the blonde idol that, you know, was being mean to Rayo was, was from her former idol group and was the center of the former idol group uh, before they broke up. Um, so I, I enjoyed like, you know, Rayo's like little moment of uh, uncertainty and then Cham Jam kind of, you know, yeah. getting her back and being like, you know, and let's focus like, on what we're doing. And the staff, like how supportive the staff was uh, too. Yeah, I enjoyed that part. Yeah, when yeah. they cut and like this, like the staff from uh, from their normal venue was there. You know, they're all happy for them. Yeah, there was some there was some really nice little moments in this show, uh, along with all the slapstick ridiculousness. Kind of makes me want to visit Okayama and see if that's actually a venue. It probably is. But according to this wiki that I'm looking at, uh, Rayo is 22 years old. Okay, so uh, more love live than AKB. I dig it. Yeah, I, I honestly like would. You and kind of started to say this a little bit uh, earlier, Carlos. But it made me really. I, I wish, and I, I doubt this will ever happen, or I'll ever have the opportunity to actually support an underground idol group because you kind of have to live in Japan for that. Mm-hmm. But I would love to enter that dynamic at least temporarily at least to see kind of how it feels because it's so much more of like an intimate kind of close-knit idol dynamic as opposed to like super idols like the love live but to be able to actually feel like you're supporting a group like when you buy the cds you're actually supporting them unlike with love live you're just filling the pockets of some like really really rich you know businessman somewhere (laughs) it's uh I don't know. It's a cool I, I, dynamic. I, think, I mean, and, and you see it in the show that, the, you know, they use the internet a lot. It's not mm. impossible nowadays for us to, as as Western fans, to, you know, get into underground idol groups. Uh, it, it really isn't because, you know, they're out there online. It's just harder to find them if you're not fluent. And it's harder to get a lot of the content if you're not fluent. Sure. So. But, I mean, it's it's possible. So maybe that's okay. Maybe that's what we'll do. Well, we'll 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 do a deep dive on another podcast. Pick out some other groups. That could be fun. <laughs> scores, guys. We gotta give scores. Uh, I'll let you go first, Logan. It's your show. Okay. <laughs> um, I liked a lot about this show. I loved how it looked. I loved most of the characters. Um, I loved their interactions. Uh, I hated. Arupia with every fiber of my being um <laughs> and i think i'm gonna have to give the show a three out of five wow okay um i i'm sitting solidly at a 4.5 i loved it i really did love it 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 made me laugh it made me tear up a couple times uh i thought i really did enjoy following both the fans and the idols uh i thought it crafted a pretty touching story even though it was really more a comedy than anything else. And um, I think that 4.5 is very much like, this is probably not a show you're going to enjoy if you don't enjoy the idol thing, you know, if you're not into Mm -hmm. idols. 
so it's really based on the fact that I have become a fan of idols and uh, this show was made for someone like me. So uh, yeah, I loved it. I highly recommend it to anybody who has interest in idols. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm at a 4.5 out of 5. I think the only thing that could have pushed it up to a 5 is if they had had at least one, you know, full performance, even though I know, you know, that's what not what they were going for. Also, you know, as much as I enjoyed Edipio's, you know, uh, antics, there were times that, yeah, she did. I was like, all right, that's a bit, that's, that's way too much. Uh, dial that shit back. She but, was by far not my favorite character. Uh, no, she, but I mean, I, yeah. I, I still like, there, there are parts that I enjoyed, but yeah, like, I mean, it probably would have been a five if, <laughs> if, if maybe she was a little bit more realistic. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I, like like I said, uh, Kamasa might be uh, probably my favorite character this season. Honestly, yeah. I yeah. I love. That. I mean, nah, it, it's between him and a, and a character from a show we'll talk about next time. But uh, yeah, I, I and I, I'm impressed that it kept its animation quality. Honestly, I thought it was going to drop yeah. off. It looked really really good. Um, yeah, I I, I can't really uh, speak higher about the show. It's just like like Jeff said, if you're if you're into idols and you're in the idol fandom, it's at least worth a look um, because I think you're going to really enjoy all the inside jokes and stuff like that. And uh, Hey, who knows? Maybe you'll get into an underground idol group yourself. One of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Join us in idol hell. We actually have a, uh, uh, a channel on our discord called idol hell. So, and we're converting a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. How many people recently have just like, all right, guys, like I, I'm tired of hearing you talk about Love Live. Like I'm finally <laughs> going to give it a watch. I feel like there's been a lot lately. <laughs> uh, don't don't let Steven get his hands on them. They'll, they'll never see their money again. <laughs> well, it, like Steven is, Steven subtly, you know, will send me like Nogizaka 46 stuff because he knows, you know, particularly who my favorite girl is and he'll send me something. He sent me a couple videos recently that I really, I loved and it's just like, you know, slowly he's getting me more and more into them. <laughs> Very subtle, Steven. I, I appreciate it though, buddy. But I mean, we do have, we do have fun. like uh, the other night, uh, Logan, Logan, me and Steven, um, uh, watched uh, second live together, and I, you know, I I enjoy those kind of moments. So, I mean, join us if you're if you're an idol fan, and you know you're on the fence about uh, joining the Discord. Um, join us, and and you'll also be able to tell us what you thought about uh, if my oh, God damn it, I mean, I'm just gonna say the Japanese version. Oshiga Burukan Itekurita Tara Shinu. <sighs> okay well that was a hard title yeah that's a hard title not even a light novel title i don't think is it a it, well it says uh, it's an adaptation uh it's a manga. manga yep uh but yeah so that's uh that's the first half of our reviews for the season yeah. <sighs> just eight more shows to go <laughs> I, uh, maybe I just won't even show up for the next one since I got nothing. Uh, no, you do. No, you do. No, I know. It's, I know. I, there's a reason I wasn't talking this time is because I was like, oh, Logan's going to watch this. Okay. I won't review it yet. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. No, I, I have plans to watch some more. So yeah. Good stuff. Um, a pretty strong season so far, I would say. Yeah. I think we, I think, uh, I mean, uh, not even under 2.5. So, or hell, not even under three. So. I don't feel like I give fives out very often. I gave a five out. Thank, uh, thanks again, Logan, for 
recommending that one. And honestly, Otakon was great. Uh, honestly, probably the two shows I was most excited about for this season. Uh, I'll review next cast. So uh, get to, yeah, this has been a really strong season and I wasn't expecting it. But uh, yeah, if you want to get into our uh, Discord to uh, share your idle love or to tell us what you thought of the shows that we talked about, you can find us on our various social medias. We are on Twitter at Anime underscore Arcade. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Anime Arcade. We are on Instagram at The underscore Anime underscore Arcade. Our email is mail.animearcade at gmail.com and our website is AnimeArcade.net. Hit us up on any of those. We'll get you an invite. We'll get you in. <laughs> uh, but I think with that we'll be back next time with uh, some more shows to review so thank you all for listening and uh, we'll catch you later if you are still listening I love you <laughs> peace god damn it peace <laughs> <laughs>